I like, I, and I wonder if it's fun for them. You know, when I play Smash Bros with people that are just not good, like, I don't get excited. Mm -hmm. I like I try to find ways to make it more even. Like, oh, maybe we do team battles. See, the problem is you're a stable person. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's true. The problem is you have more. You have empathy. Yeah, right? and you have a healthy like lifestyle, and you have like friends. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Super Agile Bros. You already know what it is. It's your boy Braston representing the streets up in this building. Super Agile Nation, everybody out there, we're so happy to have you. We got a good discussion going on today and we're excited to talk about. But as per usual, I got to introduce the brothers, the brothers themselves. First, we got our boy, Mr. Kyle. What's happening with you, brother? What's going on, Brad? I'm here. And yes, I see you representing the streets. You're wearing a suit jacket. It looks yes. like it's made out of one of those road maps you see in child's playrooms. Yes. Uh, with the little the streets going all over. It looks very good on you. Representing. I rock it myself. Representing. Um, so well. Respect. Got my Yeezys on. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> I got them before, you know, yeah. before. No longer manufactured. No matter, you know, you know, pre, pre. So uh, If anything, they're more Yeezys. expensive now. <laughs> <laughs> you probably yeah, get the relics them, now. Get them out of a dumpster somewhere behind an Adidas <laughs> factory or something. Yeah. Um, and you heard his voice already. The boy Steve, what's happening, brother Steve? What's happening? Well, you heard my voice. You know what's happening. My voice is happening. He's it's going to get deeper and deeper the rest of the episode. Ooh, I like. It's already pretty deep. You probably you're probably going to wish you started higher. It's sultry. <laughs> I already. I do wish I'd started. Are you higher. auditioning for Batman? <laughs> Just, just oh. working your way down. Oh, that's a Steve. <laughs> I wish Batman. Anyway, nobody oh. should ever audition for Batman again. Kevin must live forever in our memories. I mean, would Batman be more intimidating if his voice was like super high pitched and he was <laughs> breaking people's legs and stuff? Get on the ground. <laughs> no, definitely not. I am I the. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Where is she? What are you doing, criminal? Like. Like, nobody would <laughs> think it was Bruce Wayne. They'd be like, yeah, it's not Bruce Wayne. They should I'm just sure. get Mark Hamill to play the Batman from now on. He should play every character. Every character. Mark Hamill, yes. Use the same voice. Best I think voice. there was actually an episode of uh, one of these different animated Batman cartoons where Mark Hamill played three characters in the same episode. <laughs> I, I wouldn't nice. That man's a beast. Yeah, he's, he's a, he's a like, menace is what he is. Who would have thought that Mark Hamill would be such a solid voice actor? You know, like, yeah. prolific, like Luke Skywalker. Like, if any person I would just assume had no other talents other than being Luke Skywalker <laughs> is Luke Skywalker, a.k.a. Mark Hamill. But, man, I, I'm... He makes me proud. He makes me proud. He did the thing. You know? Uh, so, yeah. Speaking of being proud, I just want to throw this out there for y'all who don't know. I got to give a shout out to my boy, Marcus, my boy, Michael, my brother, Brandon, and of course, my beautiful wife, Shy. Uh, this weekend, they supported me as I had my first ever Muay Thai kickboxing, point kickboxing uh, fight. I didn't win, but I put in that work. Uh, I uh, It was a great experience. I, I fought somebody who was a lot more experienced than me, but I... I, I uh, he you talked to him. He, he told me after the fight that I hit him so hard that his uh, arm started twitching out. 
Oh, that's <laughs> and, a good sign. And I was like, my bad. I wasn't even trying to hit you hard. Like, Don't or, apologize to that man for that. <laughs> you concussed him. That's what he deserves. He's just like, oh, oh. <laughs> his body was fighting for his life. He's just that good. <laughs> you know, so it was cool. It was a good event. Um, I'll definitely share the videos with y'all. Um, I think I might have shared one with y'all. I'm not even sure. But um, yeah, so I'm back I, in. I have a, I have a story to tell. It's truly a story to tell. I ain't got no bloody. I ain't got no blood. Clean face. Your boy clean came out unscathed. No damage. So, um, yeah, off of the heels of fighting, it made me think about other type of fighting be happening in this world, particularly video game fighting, and particularly a particular mechanic called battle royales. So today, in our discussion, we'll be talking about battle royales and. And is just how they is that a mechanic? Is that a mechanic or a genre? Yeah, that was that was gonna be my first question. Well, okay, back. okay. Let's 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 start off with that. What do y'all think about? First of all, okay. How about this? How about this? How about this? How about this? We're gonna be talking about battle royales and how they might have changed the gaming landscape. What do we think about them? Are they stay popular? Are we interested in seeing other battle royales in other games? First, one of you, could you define what a battle royale is? And then we'll discuss mm. if we think it's a mechanic or a genre uh, per per that definition. Any of y'all would be interested in taking this on? Our, uh, our Atlas himself, Steve, would you like to? Sure. Steve's like the Pokédex. Yeah. <laughs> Battle Royale, a game where... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to close this back up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, don't clip me. Uh, so very high level, I would say, Battle Royale is a game mode not necessarily a genre but a mode where you have a lot well you have a, a lot of players i would say more than the normal like 12 or 16 or whatever you would see on like a on a moba or something else like that and moba is generally, a multiplayer online battle arena for those who don't right know. so something like something like overwatch or like league of legends where you're you know you're you're on a, you're on one of two teams and that may be the big teams. I don't know how many people are on like an Overwatch team. I think League of Legends isn't necessarily a big team. It's like what four person teams? Yeah, they're mm-hmm. both around five. Oh, okay, five. Sure, but anyway, you have a lot of people, like maybe sixty or a hundred people, and they might be solo. They might be playing as part of a team of two, three, or four. And the goal is to survive longer than the other teams. Um, and then whoever is left to the end wins. So it's either a free-for-all or kind of a you know multi-multi-multi-team free-for-all. And it can be shooting. I think of uh, the only non-shooting Battle Royale game I can think of would be uh, Fall Guys. Mm, it's, like a, okay. it's like a platforming Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. But I think other than other than that, it still uh, counts. Yeah, I mean, I, I like my my definition is it's basically the Hunger Games. <laughs> yes, Hunger Games. That's a great example well, of a battle royale. Conditions. Yeah, everybody has seen and or read the Hunger Games, so that is a relevant <laughs> comparison. A pop culture what, reference. What was the? Wasn't there a? Isn't the Hunger Games a spinoff of something else? There was another no. movie about like these kids in a school that was a similar thing to Hunger Games. I can't remember the name of it now. Kids in a school. This kids in a 
There's uh, lots of movies with kids in a school. What's the, well, the, they were kids in a school, but then they also had like a Hunger Games premise. Ah, what was it called? A movie was it just called or... Roy, Was it just called Battle Royale? Was that just called the movie? Oh, there was like something about kids on an island. Maybe that I was think. it. But they were school kids. There was like bombs bomb. involved. Mm, you're not talking about the old school classic. Uh, gosh, now you're making me freak. Piggy. See? Uh, it's in there. Um, it was like schoolboys. They crashed on an island and they had to survive. But that wasn't really a battle royale. Was just, no, 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 no. We're not, we're not, not Lord of the Flies. Lord of the this Flies. was like a, a Death Games style. I don't know if it was children. I feel like I remember something about there being bombs like in your, in your neck or on a necklace or something. Ooh. You had to participate. Huh. I don't remember. Yeah. I don't think Hunger Games is based on anything else. It's just a, an original story. Concept. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I assume that story. even the Hunger Games, everything is built off of everything, right? Like, it's like just the iteration of something that existed before. Right, like, but he was asking if it's a spinoff. And I'm like, it's uh, not like a, yeah, no. it's not a spinoff. The, oh, the, no. Oh, I didn't mean spinoff. I, like, I, yeah, I was more, more of they were uh, inspired by another story. Well, oh, like well, a, I can't tell you. What I bet it was you there's. By. I bet you there's something made in 1732 about <laughs> a similar situation that we're just like not really well aware of. But the woman with bow and arrow. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I, the only thing I would note about battle royales is that it is like the type of things thing that people imagine a wish they could do in a video game. But maybe just wasn't technically possible, you know. Yeah. I remember, I can't remember what game it was, but it was like 128 people online in a team deathmatch, right? And essentially, the team deathmatch would have a similar mechanic, you know, similar like, oh, last team alive survives, but mm-hmm. we just didn't have the network capacity or the, you know, the ability to do that, and um, technology now allows us to do that. But one thing I would note that differentiates a a battle royale from a multi-team team deathmatch is also the needing to get your supplies on the battlefield and having to 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 what do you call it? loot, right? So yeah. so that's probably the biggest differentiator. So resource management. Yeah. So in shooter battle royales, yeah, but I guess going back to like the Fall Guys example, there's no loot in that game. Yeah. I was right. I was right. I, uh, B- Battle Royale movie. I'll get back to you. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll get back to this. Continue your conversation. Yeah, I dare uh, say. It was called Battle Royale? Hey, I was kind of right too. That's probably where it came from. Right? You'd assume. 42, 42 ninth graders are sent to a deserted island. They are given a map, food, and various weapons. An explosive collar is fitted around their neck. If they break a rule... They die. When Mission this? kill each other. Be last one standing. This was in two thousand. Yes. Oh, this, I thought it was much older than that's that. before. Definitely before no. Hunger Games. Yeah. Wow, cool. Yeah, I, I, that's clearly where the name came from. But I think that's the big differentiator. I personally don't think that Fall Guys is a battle royale. I think it's just an elimination game. Like, like it's it has a battle royale aspect to it, but it's not a battle royale because I think the key differentiator is landing having to get supplies and like fighting people who are in a similar survival state as you you know like i think like i see fall guys is like mario party elimination style 
Yeah, I think I think that is one thing about battle royales that they do have degrees, but usually one of the biggest selling points is the massively multiplayer part of the experience. Mm-hmm. Because you can have like I guess ten people drop into a map and have to loot and stuff, but I don't know if you would still call that on the same scale at least a battle royale. I mean, I think, I think you're just Fall being Guys more specific. Like 100 people, I think that's why it blurs that line of being a battle royale. Yeah. I mean, when you talk about the concept of what is a battle royale, it's a lot of people fighting to be on top. And Fall Guys definitely fits that description. I think you're right that there's a lot of other games that are kind of more similar where, yeah, it's they they there are other features that you just described about having to manage resources and being in kind of a randomized part of the map and having to move around and other, other factors, right? Like I think a lot of games have those and you could probably get away with specifying the genre, but I was attempting to start at a very high level. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I just think that, and, and this is maybe where we disagree on the definition of battle royale, but I do personally think that it has to do with the aspect of getting your equipment on the field, in the field. Because even before Fortnite, before PUBG, there were multiplayer 64 battle type arenas with multiple teams. And, you know, some might be deathmatch. Some might be uh, like custom modes, you know, like permadeath kind of situations, um, not so popular games. So I feel like PUBG having that permadeath, um, also, I think that's something we need to note as well. What do you mean permadeath? Perma elimination, meaning once Single you lose, you're out. Single elimination, you know. Uh, I mean, you know, aren't uh, lots of games like that? Not like think about Halo. Like, even if you had eighty plus people in a Halo death match, they respawn. You know, it's just well, okay. So, I, I, something I said. As something I said while I was describing that we should probably focus on a little is that a battle royale is usually not a game. It is a game mode because you could absolutely make a Halo match with battle royale rules. Maybe with not, maybe not with all the people, right? But like you can make it single life elimination, you know, start with no weapons, big map. Like you could do all that with custom matches and stuff. And I, would you not agree that that is, that would be a battle royale? Pretty much. But I would Except also say that people. you can make Halo a turn-based anything. Or you can make Halo into a kart racer. You know? Like, it's... You can't... Yeah. You, yeah. The, the, you know what it's I'm a saying? game mode. Yeah. No, I'd say but it's a genre. I mean, that's why... It, yeah, it's a genre. Versus a mechanic. So we're back to the mechanic versus genre. No. I guess discussion. In, I'm talking... It's, it's game mode versus genre, right? So, like, Fortnite, when it came out, it wasn't what it is right it was a it was an adventure game yeah it was a survival game and it had an alternate game mode that has far surpassed the original game mode they had no idea yeah but like when people talk about fortnite they're definitely talking about the battle royale mode but there are other modes to play in that game you guys introduced me to other modes in that game creative mode, but 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 the the, game that really put battle royales on the map was PUBG, and PUBG. Was only, only had PUBG. one mode. Yeah, yeah, right? absolutely. So I think I think so. This is a good discussion. Let's let's debate it. All right. So, um, 
from this this is my personal opinion and I, and I want to come back to you Steve cuz you already kind of laid it out but I want to hear it more in depth. My personal opinion is that um just like in any any game, any game could be anything. You could have Halo be a uh, first person shooter with a storyline, it could be turn-based, it could be have a battle royale version of it. But I think that just because a game has multiple modes doesn't mean that it doesn't have multiple genres within its a game, right? Okay, like, sure. Like Halo single player is a single player first person shooter. People would say it's genre as a first person shooter, but then like that's not necessarily the mode per se, but you know, I, I think that well maybe maybe I'm wrong. Let me let me let me think about this for a second, but I just think that a battle royale Yes, can be a mode in a game, but I think that fundamentally, hmm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm thinking about. I'm going to pass this off. I'm going to think for a second. <laughs> okay. So I, I, I like what you said. I'm thinking about it more, and I guess there's not really any reason to argue that something is a genre versus a mode, because as you say, some games have different modes that would be completely different genres. Typically, when we think about a game and we're saying, oh, what genre is Halo? We would just pick whatever mode people are thinking of, mm-hmm. right? And we would just all kind of agree, like, oh, this is like the main mode. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I guess we just have to be careful. We don't have to for this conversation, but something to think about. I will split hairs and say that you can't make any game like any game. Like you said, Halo can be a kart racer, which it can but it can't be a turn-based game because it doesn't have the mechanics to support that. But they have to be turn-based. I mean, you could just be on comms and be like, okay, your turn. Like you could, you could apply whatever rules you want, but like in terms of in-game mechanics, like I think you can make it a kart racer. You can all get in Warhogs and have a track and have, I think maybe checkpoints or something. I'm not sure. But like, I don't know of any way to in forge or in custom rules to like, create turns uh and even that aside you know halo has the mechanics to support lots of different modes uh what's it called fortnite has lots of different modes built in and has the mechanics in creative mode you guys built a uh i don't know an infinite shooter (laughs) basically a zone defense thing like that's cool but like fall guys doesn't have or PUBG doesn't have the mechanics to support multiple modes. Those are, well, PUBG is only so, that one mode. Kyle, right? Kyle, you made a point, and, and you, you brought in the idea of mechanic. What were, Why did you say mechanic and not mode or genre? So so I'm not arguing that um, mechanic is correct. I'm on, I'm on team genre when it comes to Battle Royale. Uh, because I think, yeah, I think it's a mode that could be within games because I think what makes a mode is the sum of its parts. And so I think back to the Halo example, you know, if we say Halo and then you have to describe it in three words, right? You'd say shooter probably first. And so mm-hmm. I think the same could be applied to a, a genre or mode like Battle Royale. Like the first thing you might say is massively multiplayer. Like, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, so thinking of it that way, I think that, you can always dive down and add more mechanics to a mode, but the 
I guess the extraneous mechanics, you know, whether or not you drive, whether or not you shoot, whether yeah. or not you can swim. I don't think those are make or break when it comes to what makes something a battle royale. Interesting. I, think, I mean, but when you define them as extraneous, then yeah. But I guess the question is what makes something extraneous or not extraneous? You know, this makes me think about how essentially if you think about something like genres, genres don't even necessarily always make sense. Like you could say Call of Duty is a first person shooter. Halo is a first person shooter. But you... But you also have to realize that a game can be a first-person shooter but be recognized as an RPG, right? Yeah. So you can have multiple genres within a particular gaming Mm -hmm. experience, right? And so I feel like maybe – I don't even know if genre is even that defined. So I feel like Battle Royale makes sense to me that it's a genre because it's somewhat like, hey, this is just what you do in this game. Like if somebody says Battle Royale, they can assume the basic – rules right maybe the mechanics are different maybe it's a first person shooter maybe it's a you know hand-to-hand combat maybe it's you're a worm and you eat other worms (laughs) you know what i'm saying but you know when you hear battle royale you know what the gameplay is going to be like but if i say to you oh it's a multiplayer game that doesn't mean anything like it's a multiplayer (laughs) mode okay you got to tell me don't know anything else about it yeah you know yeah, and I think the same goes for, um, yeah, like if you, I think subgenres is where we kind of get into now, because mm-hmm. in order, I guess, for a game to make sense holistically, you have to have like a main, yeah, a, a main thing that you're doing, and so that's kind of where, where it would fit in. Like if you're driving the whole time, then somebody might call it a racing game, you know, mm-hmm. and so, so I think fundamentally, a lot of people would just call, and I know this is, you know, getting into the territory of why a lot of parents have problems with Fortnite is because at the very highest level it is a shooter you know Mm -hmm. and then it's a shooter battle royale multiplayer game you know and so so yeah all those sub genres underneath the genre of shooter and so i guess but i think it's up to who is playing it to choose which one is the highest on for them you know or not take away the, who's the talking shooting, about it. It doesn't make it any less multiplayer, you know. So or even yeah. less battle royale, you know. Like it's yeah. And 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 I think Steve made a good point, like or, or maybe it was Kyle. Just this idea of like when you think of a game, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Now, if you say Fortnite, you think battle royale. If you say PUBG, battle royale. You could say Call of Duty, but I doubt most people would say battle royale, even though they have a huge battle royale mode, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like. We assign genres based on what it most naturally, or maybe from a popular standpoint, it resonates yeah. to. You know, um, if you think about it, it really screws your head. Because I was going to say, oh, a genre is just a collection of of mechanics, right? Because that's mm-hmm. what we've been talking about—all the different mechanics. But there are also genres that describe that are described not by mechanics, but by like the writing or the art. Or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the amount of story, you know, like fantasy is a genre. <laughs> yeah. Like RPGs, you know, it's like, oh, role playing. Like, oh, that doesn't that doesn't mean anything at all. But RPGs usually tend to be, you know, vast sweeping games where you, you know, you control the story. Like there's 
those aren't necessarily mechanics like that could be any game mm-hmm. but it's like the mm-hmm. feel of the game as you play it yeah that's that's what rpg means because technically god of war is an rpg in a way every game you know the character like, is an rpg technically. there was a point in time where games you couldn't affect the player's stats right like you couldn't assign abilities or think like mm-hmm. think of legend of zelda like sure it's kind of an rpg but it's more just like you're playing the character and he gets new weapons or he gets more hearts you're not really nuancing their specs right yeah Um, specking the character exactly but nowadays rpg is almost the base system like like what's the game we played all the time borderlands borderlands is an rpg shooter right it's also a multiplayer Mm-hmm. Oh, they should have a, a Border battle, Royale. battle Royale. Oh, okay. <laughs> check this out. Check this out. Okay, so no. first, let let's um. I have a comment about RPG. Yeah, go ahead. So I think one of the things that really pushes something into the RPG manifold is the idea of kind of what you guys were saying, but the idea of choice. Like if if you, if the player can choose to make things happen and control, then, yeah. Yeah, then that's where the role... Like, even if it's as simple as, I want to choose this sword over this sword, because back to the Legend of Zelda example, you had, you know, in the earlier titles, you got one, I believe. One sword, one shield, one one type of bomb, one arrow. So, yeah, that it, it wasn't a, a... Things would happen to you. You would acquire things. That's not playing a role. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I always thought of... I mean, specking a character is important. I always thought of an RPG... And granted, I don't play a lot of these games. Uh, I always thought of, it was less important. It was important to be able to control the character, but also to be able to control the character's choices and not just, I pick up this sword or that sword, but like, oh, I will engage with this quest line or I will be in this faction or I will, you know, attack this person. Like, but, but to that actually would, make the story happen. But no, Japanese JRPGs, you don't really do that. It's a linear storyline. All the only thing yeah, you can do is that's why you said JRPG instead of RPG. no, no. I mean RPGs. I mean, <laughs> honestly, RPGs were just like RPGs were what we know as the role playing games that you played on, you know, with your friends in a room somewhere, right? Yeah. And sure. then Japanese RPGs was just the a bit implementing those characteristics within a digital format in a game, you know standpoint with the storyline right and the reason i think a lot of people called it like we're like wow these are rpgs because it had that same element of fantasy where you're you are kind of deciding how things happen because of how you spec out your player but the story is linear right like you're not changing the choices i i mean i've thought about this a lot i would argue that even even if they initially felt similar at this point JRPG is not just Japanese RPGs. It's essentially a completely separate genre that also involves choice. But instead of choosing the story, like you just said, story is pretty linear. Uh, usually in, in that case, you're choosing. It's really, really focused on how you spec your character and party. And it's all about like party synergy and, you know, grinding out stats and like stuff like that. Most JRPGs I know of have some sort of party mechanics, even if they're not turn based anymore um yeah i mean to me that that's like you know completely different from the american (laughs) the western rpg yeah i remember there being uh, i can't remember who it was but there's 
there's a big time where like Japanese games in general were kind of falling off compared to rest yeah. Western games. And there was, uh, in, I don't think it was Kojima, but it was a very popular game designer who was just talking about the fall of Japanese games and we need to do better. And it was at GDC, the Game Developers Conference. But it was like, there's this big tension between the Western RPG, which would be the, um, I guess you could say the Skyrims, the... Um, Witchers. The Witchers, yeah. That's the exact game I'm thinking of. Like, Witchers probably the one that people think of, uh, the Dragon Ages and stuff like that. Assassin's Creed. You know, versus the JRPGs, which you just described. And anyway, it's interesting to see how... Essentially, I think eventually what we do is we, like, JRPGs were, like, all RPGs, and then eventually we started to, like, narrow it down more. Like, no, 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 this is it, this is it, this is it. And then the Western, this is it, this is it. So, anywho, we could talk about this for a long time. So, <laughs> let, let's talk a little bit more about Battle Royale games. So what, if we must. What, <laughs> if we must. What do y'all feel about Battle Royale games in regards to the gaming landscape? Like, do... Was well. Let me ask you all: What was your first battle royale game, and do you did you think that they would be as prolific as they are now? Like, do you think that they've they've run their course? Like, where where do you, what do you think? What do you think about how the gaming landscape has been changed by battle royale games? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, one first, Brad. Go ahead, Brad. Sure, I know how to make stuff up as I go. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, my first battle royale was definitely Fortnite. I the first the first time I played was with Kyle and our boy Dynamic. Shout out to Dynamic and also Soyrim. I think might have been there one time. Yeah, so I can't remember who the first party was, but I remember it being an extremely different experience. You know, like I'm in my twenties. I've been playing games my whole life, but this felt so unique and what was new so yeah it was so new and what was so fun about it was that it seemed like nobody knew how to play the game (laughs) (laughs) you know now it's just like a oh like you just land and grab and you do this and you move and you do that and and it's kind of almost uh kind of like a first person shooter you just know how they work so for me i thought like every game needed bat royale like in my mind like oh really you like to publishers thought that too yeah, but it's, it's interesting because <laughs> they agree with I you. actually think that there's an untapped gold mine of games that could probably do really, really well with Battle Royale. But because PUBG and Fortnite emphasize our first person shooters, and, mm-hmm. and as much as the game industry likes to pretend like it's willing to take risks, it's not. So they just took games that already existed with that type of gameplay and have shoehorned it in right like there's been some like magic based ones there's been a few like here or there but i feel like i haven't really seen a a battle royale that's really done something different than fortnite you know like it's just get weapon i mean apex i mean PUBG. i mean they're just all the same game with different you know flavors I'd love to paint a different coat of paint and yes, they're significantly different, but I pretty much know that because I'm better at apex. I'm better at, um, Fortnite, um, just from a like gameplay standpoint. But as far as like what I think about it from a landscape standpoint, I would love to see genres like, like finding ways to make 
genres that don't traditionally make sense. Like if it's a, let's take like a Zelda based mechanic game, that kind of mechanic, but make that a battle royale, right? What does that look like? What does that feel like? And I think the future could really have some, like we could create new genres off of this if we started to like experiment a little bit. Um, so I'm happy that battle royale games exist. I think they're like the next big thing, like open world adventure games, like the Grand Theft Autos and what they did for the gaming space. I just want to see them take that next step. That's my thought. Yeah. So I yeah, as you said, uh, my first baby's first battle royale was also Fortnite, and boy. So I when I first played that game, it was on actually the PC I have now, but my internet because I live in the country uh, next to some cows and corn in the cut was horrible. And I still had a great time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was running the game at maybe about three frames per second. <laughs> and uh, none of my inputs would register. But I could hear you guys screaming about stuff I didn't understand. And so it was a whole lot of fun. Um, but to your to your idea about, I guess, uh, other types of games and publishers and stuff, diving into, I guess, what makes battle royale games like broader um so it has like seeped into other stuff mostly by way of battle passes uh mm. <laughs> because since the, since they really popularized battle passes i see that in every Everything. type of game Everything. regardless of what its genre is you know um but then on top of that the uh, i think the bridge between like regular games and battle royale games is kind of what fall guys did which is introduce eliminations in a way um, that's, I guess, you can consider it to be more independent than something like a shooter because you shoot someone to eliminate them while in Fall Guys, you do something well on your own to eliminate someone else. And so uh, a couple of the games that I saw that kind of fit in this realm also um, were actually on the Switch. Uh, You might remember these, Steve, uh, but... The first one, I think, might have been Tetris 99. Oh, yeah. And that was considered to be a Battle Royale game because it had 99 simultaneous players. You could see everybody else's screen. Yeah. Making matches uh, in your screen it would cause like an explosion or something, and you'd send things to someone else's screen. Mm. Um, I didn't it's play fun. it very much, so I don't really know deep mechanics. I don't know if you could choose who you attacked, who you targeted. No, I don't, I don't think so. But uh, anyway, so this gave you the ability to, quote unquote, shoot other people by doing well. And then then they eliminate or they get eliminated if, of course, the the regular Tetris mechanics play out on your screen. So if you Hmm. reach the top line and can't make any more, uh, what are they called? Is it called a Tetris whenever you get a line all the way across? I uh, I don't don't know. I'm sure there's a word. So Um. So if you don't get the matches and and it fills up your screen, then you get knocked out. And so you can send pieces to other people's screens and stuff. And uh, so that was, I think, one of those risks, if you will. I don't know if that game is still around, but supposedly it did pretty well. And then there was another Battle Royale on the Switch that was for a limited time only. And it was uh, the Super Mario Battle Royale. It was like Mario 99, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, I think it was also 99. Um, But it was vanilla Mario pretty much. But it felt kind of like an in-between between Mario and Mario Maker where you do something on your screen, it affects somebody else's screen. Very similar to Tetris 99, but then at the same time, also a huge departure from what we know to be the, you know, quote-unquote battle royale. 
So I yeah. think I think there have been a couple attempts um, with you know different very varying uh, what would you call it levels of success. Interesting. Sir Steven. Well, it's funny you you talked about battle passes. Um, I think I'm trying to think of other factors that might have gone into this, but what I thought of wasn't necessarily battle passes, but was free multiplayer, which of course also means battle passes. (laughs) Because up to this point, most games that had multiplayer, like that had a multiplayer mode, that had multiple modes, you just paid, it was just part of the game. Mm-hmm. But now a lot of games are coming out with a free multiplayer mode, like as a separate title that you can download without buying the campaign. Uh, or it's yeah. So Halo did that. I believe that like Call of Duty Call did of Duty that. I'm did not that, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, Smart model. I think I think PUBG was paid. Uh, I believe that's what Fortnite did, right? Isn't the isn't the the whatever survival mode? Isn't that Saved a paid? License. Yeah, you still got to pay for that. Yeah, so that's a cool mechanic. Not a mechanic. Whoops. Uh, that's a cool <laughs> Whoopsie. change in the industry. You know, free multiplayer. But then you pay for it with season passes and microtransactions. And honestly, I don't think that's bad. I, I know there's a lot of hatred around in-game stores and stuff. But I'm like, look, if you're not being predatory, which a lot of people are, you know, microtransactions, not great. Um, battle passes, okay. What is it? Loot boxes, really bad. Ooh. Loot boxes are bad. So, I mean, if you avoid the, that kind of thing, then I think a free, a free game supported by microtransactions is not a big deal. Now, with these companies, this is unrelated. These companies that are putting out fully paid games with also in-game microtransaction stores... You should be ashamed of yourselves. This is why I hate capitalism. Detestable. Yeah. I mean, actually, I think um, it's very interesting uh, because I think in many ways, Fortnite inherited the benefits of the free-to-play era, which preceded Battle Royales, right? So you had yeah. games like, uh, what's your favorite game, um, Kyle? Uh, Genshin Impact? No, no. These, I'm talking <laughs> older game, much older game. Um it's, it's a, a free game. It's a free game. It's a shooter. You play with other people. Uh, you can wall run. It's like a futuristic oh, Warframe. Warframe. Oh yeah. Games Warframe. like Warframe. Um, yeah. Man, there's so many back in the day uh, that were just uh, yeah. simply like free to play. Like that started to become the model, especially for online games, online only games, mobile games, mobile games, free to play. But the big differentiator between those games is that a lot of your progress your abilities the things you do um were permanent so i'm level 50 i have a level 50 attributes right and that's where the the phrase pay to win came from right like mm-hmm. oh it's free to play but it's pay to win right like if i want to be good i have to pay money and sure maybe in some cases you can play long enough to get these things for free but at the end <laughs> yeah, of the day it's, it's pay to win but i think we're battle royales where the perfect match for free to play is that since every match is completely instanced, meaning you come in with nothing and you never carry anything over, it was like just the, like life, just like life. 
You come in <laughs> naked and afraid. You leave naked and afraid. You get nothing. You get nothing. Um, I come from the trenches. But um, I think it's one of those things where it was just a perfect setup. Like, the free-to-play model existed. It just hadn't found a viable mechanic that didn't feel like pay-to-win, you know? Mm-hmm. And Battle Royales were perfect. And Fortnite did a great job early on just saying cosmetics, you know? And, of course, Apex and all these other games picked that on up on that, suit. you know? So, uh, it's a very interesting to see. And, yeah, Battle Passes was brand new. But it's interesting because I feel like other games could have done it before. It's just Fortnite came up with it first, you know, like a season. Because I think think they perfected it Mm -hmm. because, yeah, it definitely existed in in ways because of the seasonal thing, I think, was more tied to actual seasons, you know, summer, winter, fall, autumn. And so like they they did their own thing on top of also resetting because. There are some games that still after the season ends, like your level and stuff doesn't reset mm-hmm. and like weird things that don't really make a season feel like a big deal. And they were making it feel like a big deal before they even had all the lore and stuff. It was just like, oh, a new season means a new map. Yeah. It means the the new cosmetics are things that you can only get from the season. And they're never going to be in the random loot pool, which was also unique. It's just cool. Uh, not, not loot pool. Uh, yeah. Store. Did- did you just say fall and autumn? Did, did I? He said uh, fall slash was, autumn. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Spring. Did I forget spring? There was, there was one. I said four. and You said committed. four. You said fall twice. Oh. So, yeah. Fall, 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 guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's all true. I think. So, I, I was saying about free, free games. Um, I think that the reason that they did that. Is because well, what's what's good, right? So what's good here is that back in the day, if you wanted to play Halo with your friends, you had to either be all in the same box because couch co-op still existed, mm-hmm. or all your friends had to buy Halo, mm. um, and they had to buy an Xbox because games only came out on like one <laughs> one or two consoles. Um, so that sucked. But you know, these days games come out all over the place, so that's not quite as important if they have crossplay. But the issue still remained. You had to buy a game if you wanted to play with your friends. Mm. <clears throat> and that would really not work for a game where you're going to have 60 or 80 people playing together and you might die in three minutes. And then you have to, you have to go through this long queue up process. They needed as many people to play this game as possible. And so let's just say, hey, let's make the multiplayer free. You can just download it and in- install it. Sign up for free and you're good to go. That way, you know, you you draw you avoid a lot of these issues from like, you know, as these multiplayer games die over time. It's like a self-fulfilling, it's like a vicious cycle because you know, the more the fewer people are playing, the longer you have to wait in queue to like get a match and the more people quit. So like Fortnite's great for just that reason, because look, man, I hate dying after three minutes. But I'm so glad that it only takes like 40 or 50 seconds to queue up again because, <laughs> I mean, that was, I hated that it took that long, but God, yeah. I can't imagine if it took like two or three minutes to queue up every and time. The point, the point about buy-in, that's really, that's, that's a really good point. Well, it's interesting yeah. that you say that because I actually think that the two models, say the Halo, you know, and uh, the Fortnite models are basically 
dictated by the same thing, uh, server costs, right? Um, and I think the the old generation, it was difficult to justify having a multiplayer game because um, live service games weren't a thing yet, except for like World of Warcraft, right? Live service meaning yeah. you play a monthly fee to continue playing the game, right? Or a battle pass in this case. Yeah, so so what happened with World of Warcraft, the live service games, you paid a $12 a month. Basically, you're paying to play on their servers, right? Like, because they have to manage servers, they have to pay for it. And one-time purchase of World of Warcraft couldn't justify the existence of this persistent always-on server, right? Yeah, perpetual game. Now, the benefit of a Halo is that a Halo's multiplayer because it's a, a, a on a console, it's getting a lot of publishing presence. People buy beforehand, right? A ton of copies, and basically they can say, "Up, oh, we have basically budgetary means to have these servers running, but also we can limit the number of servers that exist." You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a the economics behind it. Yeah. Fortnite yeah. in the free to play model, in particular, said, "This is what we'll do. We're going to take a gambit." We're going to basically test if a game is worth the server time, right? And we'll let the whales, the people who spend the most money in a game, basically pay for the time of other people, right? So I'm going to buy all the cosmetics in Fortnite, right? I'm actually paying for like a hundred other players to play on the servers, (laughs) you know? It's kind of like a democratized way of mm. allowing more people to play together which is a communal way commu- if you will. communal yeah it's it's the people who can afford to pay basically help the people who can't afford to play to play which makes like you said a larger um pool of players which means lower matchmaking times all that jazz um where halo had to depend on purely the front side of it like economically and that's why a lot of games just shut down servers. Like, I mean, you ain't making no money off this. Ain't no, not, enough people bought the game. They gone, you know? Yeah, I don't even think it's the whales. I think, I think by and large, I mean, obviously they do. Obviously, Epic is making a huge, huge, huge profit on Fortnite. So it isn't just the whales. I think a lot of people buy in to some extent. Plus, you know, servers are cheaper now, cheaper now than they used to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's lots, it was, it was the perfect time, right? Uh, com- comp- uh, cloud computing has gotten to the point where something like a big 60 person video game instance is actually feasible. Um, like a shooter, you know, where, where latency matters, you know, that wasn't feasible back mm-hmm. when World of Warcraft was still hot. You know, the I don't think it players. was. Not with the number was of it? players. I, not with, yeah, yeah. Um, and what else? I mean, yeah, just all the different things came together. It was a perfect time. You made me think of... So one thing I do miss, though, are LAN parties. We were talking about this, I guess, in our couch co-op episode. Mm-hmm. But I was going through yesterday or the other day. I was in my study, and I had like, all of my Xbox 360 games on a this DVD a rack in there. Mm-hmm. And I have four copies of Halo 3. <laughs> because... <laughs> What would happen is you were the everybody, whale. Huh? Everybody you were the whale. <laughs> everybody had an Xbox, right? But yeah. not everybody had a copy of the game. Mm-hmm. So you'd meet up and they'd say, oh, you said you wanted to play Halo. But we had a couple of Halos at that point. 
And so yeah. I remember raiding a GameStop with a couple of guys. And then I think each of us bought a copy. But then they were like, you know what? You hold on to them because we're usually going to play together. And so, and, and so like being able to play together offline, you know, is something that, I mean, you have to be in the same room for sure, which I don't think spoils the experience at all. But it's definitely something that we're not getting today, I guess, even though we're having these huge lobbies and stuff. But your comment earlier about the everybody having to buy a copy and stuff, maybe maybe reminisce a little bit. <laughs> I mean, you can still uh, you can still have land parties. I we all well, Brad hasn't, but Kyle and I were part of a monthly meeting in Louisiana of uh, of Nintendo aficionados. Yeah, bring your own Switch. I mean, you you could definitely do it with some games, you know. With some games, yeah. right, right. Yeah. Depending on the game, but like. There are games, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I feel, and yeah, even so games, even games like Fortnite that don't don't explicitly support LAN mode, you could all just bring your consoles into a room and have them on different TVs. Like you could still have the LAN experience. You would just be connected, not on, not by LAN. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to have yeah a private server that Fortnite allows you to have host or something. No, no, no. You you don't need to do like if if you want to play together. Yeah, you gotta have a private server. Oh, you know, I'm thinking if you want to play four people together, because I, I, I was thinking, oh, just make a party. But you're right. If you want to have 16, 20 people playing in, in the same battle. If you want to play, I mean, if you want 100 people to play together, you got to do it. You know, I think one. I think. Yeah, go ahead. I think that I think that points out kind of just the time, the times, though, is that like, I don't know. I never went to one of these old classic LAN parties with like Halo 2 or something, but I feel like. I think the biggest LAN party I ever went to for Halo was like twelve people, and then Nintendo for the Ring Your Own Switch parties, I, I would get like 15, we would get like fifteen people. Like that's not worth, <laughs> you know, for 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 a game where you're going to have sixty people in a server. Like George, I don't have sixty Georgia friends. Tech on the small end would have LAN parties with like a hundred fifty people. <laughs> you know, okay. like you, But what were they playing? Were they all playing one instance or were they playing a bunch of instances? It just kinda like depended that? on what the LAN party was. I mean, like for I'm not that first of all, I was too broke and not old enough to also be a person who was like embedded in the landscape. <laughs> Get it. Ooh, um, got him. But um give that man a child because that there were definitely <laughs> huge LAN events. Huge. Um, I believe it. So, I wasn't there either. But but I think the point being that like it's just different. Like you know, like you're just like um at, like to make a Fortnite, uh, like you need a hundred people minimum, right? Like to make it like really a Fortnite game, you know. Yeah. Um, so it definitely you know changes. So so something I was thinking about in general. <clears throat> Because I, I said a little bit earlier, I was like, yo, more games. I, I wish there was more diverse mechanics for uh, Battle Royales. But I don't think it's necessarily that there aren't people who have cool ideas. I think that it's just like a very difficult thing to do, you know? For sure. Like You mean like balancing or like world building? Or multiplayer like? games. All of it. All yeah, of it. You know? right, right. I definitely I think gameplay mechanics hard, but like uh, Kyle just said, the multiplayer aspect of it, I think purely is like the ultimate like wall to entry. Because the benefit of a general multiplayer game that exists, like a Halo, is that in general, you don't really care about the state of the world, right? It's just... 
you have a you just have a place where people play together and the only thing you care about is the health of the players what weapons they have and the damage they do to each other right but in battle royale you kind of have to manage the whole world state with a hundred people at the same time you need to be aware of everybody's weapons what they're dropping what other people are picking up and it's just a huge like networking what they're breaking Mm. is this chest open Somebody send it across the map because they hit it with a car. <laughs> I mean, those are these are solved problems though. Like- they're solved. They're solved in the same way that like we've solved a way to go to space. You know, like there is a way to do it, but for most people, it's economically infeasible to do it. You know, how many indie battle royale games are you aware of? And of those, how many are good? <laughs> how many exist? I just name one. I did play and, one on Itch the other day. And it was a battle royale. Was it an us. IO game? Among Us. <laughs> no, not Among Us. Among I don't us remember is... the name of it. But the... it was uh, it was just some random shooter. You load in and there was like 60 people. But it's, I mean, it was... I would, I would, I'm guessing it's indie because it was on Itch. But was it, a, it, it was, was a, a battle royale? Game. Like dropping with nothing, pick stuff up, all that jazz? Mm-hmm. It's like It wasn't good. So I mean, it probably it probably didn't have like wolves walking around it, it, and chests no, to break. I and, mean, it's it's always a bare bones experience when it comes mm-hmm. to the indie stuff. There's no flourish. It's, yeah. it's pretty much what you described. Like somebody got the base multiplayer functionality working and may have added one or two more things, and then yeah, yeah to make it, I guess, to put it, put it over that hurdle of being put into the battle royale genre, you can pick up a weapon and you can shoot somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like. That's like the first step, the mechanic, right? Getting it working. And then there's just so many more like networking difficulties. You got to think about matchmaking, not even skill-based matchmaking, but just matchmaking. I bet you that game on itch doesn't really consider like where people are on the globe, you know, and how that impacts the gameplay for everybody and what servers you put them on and blah, 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 blah. You know, it's like there's such an intense like front load so like to me i feel like that will always detriment the ability for battle royale games to like really like take over like you can't do a battle royale game without a very very knowledgeable networking team you know sure yeah that's fair what's crazy to me what's frustrating to me is how goofy and obnoxious fortnite is <laughs> like sometimes it really just drives me crazy how they'll just take any old IP and just throw it in there. Yeah, money. And it feels to 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 me to someone who like likes comics or likes movies or whatever, sometimes it can feel kind of disrespectful like oh you're you're breaking down this like esteemed IP and you're just making it into a cash grab pretty much. But then it's also really frustrating because they do such a good job. Like everything is always pitch perfect. It's always fun. It all works mm-hmm. for the most mm-hmm. part. Um, yeah, like it's stuff like that fundamentally shouldn't be acceptable, like Batman carrying a gun. We just accept it because yeah. it's Fortnite. Yeah, <laughs> like didn't we have a squad with Darth Vader, uh, Batman, and Thanos? And Thanos, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like that's the most epic squad, you know. And and I mean, Fortnite's definitely the only game that has ever pulled that off, and probably the only game that ever will. I know that uh, Fall Guys did like a Jungle Book 
Like, mm. they got them, like, IPs that are about to expire. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, They like, grabbed them up, though. You know, we got they Baloo, they don't they, they got Winnie the Pooh in there. <laughs> you know? Who even are these characters? You know, like, but... Their fan base, the people that play Winnie the game the don't know who those characters are. <laughs> I mean, that's the truth for Fortnite, too. They did John Wick, and I still... I can still hear echoing in my head. Oh, is that that guy from Fortnite? Mm. <laughs> yeah, where 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 does that generate from? It's like, oh, it makes me want to punt a child. Hurt, your, <laughs> hurt my hurt my soul. Um, yeah, but I think that's the nice thing about Battle Royale. It's just you can go and, and you know what? Let, let's talk about Battle Royale as far as like being an adult gamer because I feel like Battle Royales have been the genre that I tend to go to now. Because of the ability to play and be done with it and walk away and I have to think about it. Like, y'all know what I mean? Like, I can just play, play y'all with y'all for 30, 45 minutes and it's done. You know, we in and we out. Y'all feel me on that? Yeah. Like, uh, oh, go ahead, ahead, Kyle. Whoa. I said go ahead first. Got him. Okay. <laughs> so, I'll admit that right now I am itching to play God of War. But I know just how much energy that's going to take and how much time. And it's like, like you said, like Fortnite, I don't have to think about it. I load it in, right? I ready up. And then the game is exactly the same. A linear game, especially one that's as deep and meaty and beautiful as God of War. I don't want to miss a thing. And I don't want something to happen to where I'm like playing tired or there's been like a week between sessions, so I'm yeah. trying to remember what happened last time. All these different things I just don't want to experience while I'm playing that game. I don't even have to consider when I play Fortnite because even if I haven't played Fortnite for like six months, <laughs> I, fundamentally, I know it's going to be the same thing. And I appreciate that about it. Yeah. That's true. You know, it's cool. It's cool to not have to consider the entire like context of what you were doing last when you start a new game up. That's always the most exhausting thing for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, God, what was I doing? You know, especially JRPGs. We're talking oh, about those. Man. That's the worst Super thing, dumb. man. Yeah, I never beat Pokemon Shield. I mm. beat all eight gym leaders, and I'm on the route somewhere on the way to whatever the end of this game looks like. And I've never done it. And I picked it up to play, I don't know, a few days ago or a few weeks ago. And Pokemon is kind of simple and dumb enough that I was still able to play. But I did have to take like 10 minutes and just look at my party (laughs) and be like, what are my strats again? Like, (laughs) I was like, why is this Pokemon holding this item? And then I realized like, oh, that Pokemon picks up random items. I should be I should be taking them out of his hands. So I get items. But I forgot Mm. for like 30 minutes. Mm. Um, Just dumb stuff. But, like, that's a baby game. And you, you forget, you, I mean, <laughs> I picked up Final Fantasy Remake, and that legitimately took me, like, a half hour, like, just fumbling. Because that not, not only is that a complex game, but it actually has real-time battle mechanics, so I can't sit around when it's my turn. Um, on the other hand, like, any multiplayer game, I do feel kind of constrained. Like, I, you say you can just pick up and play 30, 40 minutes. You can't play an exact amount of time because A, you might die early and want to play more. And B, you might die, you might not die and end up in a full, like, super long match. And you just don't know how long it's going to be. And so I find it kind of hard 
the prospect of starting a game like that, I have to make sure I have like a pretty wide indefinite window of time ahead of me. Um, whereas most other games auto save often enough that I feel pretty comfortable. Like, okay, I can play any amount of time and then when it's dinner time or whatever, or I have to go for something, I can stop what I'm doing. I don't have to be like, I'm online. I'll come. I'll be in a minute. Yeah. You yeah. got to make sure the minimum amount of time you have is the maximum amount of time a match could take. Yeah. Or ideally it'd be the maximum amount of time that two matches could take mm. so that you could play two or three matches. Yeah. Cause you're I gonna agree die. and disagree. I think I get what you're saying, but I think that, you're wrong. and I've done this many times. If I have to go, I can just quit and there's nothing. <laughs> I don't lose anything, you know, like, I, That's true. I don't lose anything. Maybe my teams might be mad at me, but if I'm playing with randos, I really don't care. If I'm playing with y'all, I'll never see you again. If I'm playing with y'all, I'm likely to say, "Hey, y'all, I just gotta go. I'm so sorry." And y'all will just deal with it, or y'all never might just play with you again. Y'all might just quit yeah. and go start a new game. But I don't feel like, for example, Deathloop. I still haven't finished because mm. if I play Deathloop, I don't like even even though like one level of death loop is kind of like a 15 to 20 minute experience i also feel like i have to be fast because it doesn't save until you start your next day and I, so it doesn't auto save that often. exactly so your auto save is you yeah. getting it's like kind of a little bit old school so death loop is like the worst example of any game because it's kind of old school but even with like a god of war like i don't want to play 15 minutes of god of war no. like there's like, I don't want to play 20 minutes that's or 30 fair. minutes. Like, to me, that's an unsatisfactory experience because I'm not really getting in the groove. But I literally can jump in a Fortnite match, play for five minutes, die, 10 minutes, die. And then I'm like, oh, I actually have to go to the store. And then I can just turn it off and keep moving. And, you know, so I think to me, that's a very accessible game. And I think that's, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I was thinking this. I was just saying there's no, another element yeah. to it. No, I feel, I feel you. Yeah. And, I, and that's what I said. I like I get what you're saying. I agree and disagree. Yeah. Like it's definitely I've definitely been late to things because the game went much longer than I expected. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And we're, we're like in the top five. And I'm like, yo. Yeah, you get invested. Yeah. You don't want to. Um, yeah. And in Fortnite, in Fortnite, I said it out loud. There it is, boys. Hey, Fortnite. Uh, in Fortnite. You aren't penalized for quitting because it doesn't matter to the game. But there are other games that do penalize you. Yeah. That do penalize you, and you're like, I don't want to quit because I don't want to get got by Nintendo or some someone. Do they? Mm-hmm. I feel like I League of Legends would, but I don't play that I, anymore. Well, League of Legends, any any like small team based battle should penalize you because you're hurting your team. Mm-hmm. I mean, well, you're on a squad in Fortnite. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. Like that, nothing's. I, mean, I don't know. Like the large scheme of things. The, the battle will continue with or without you. I don't know. I feel like it's okay in a, in a battle royale game. In other team-based games, they should penalize you. You're biased. <laughs> I could be. Man, I got got. I was playing Death Stranding, which I still haven't beaten. Mm-hmm. After Bro, all you got all years. these long games in your backlog mm-hmm. that you started? I, I know. It's a, it's a nightmare. That's why I'm not... That's that's why I haven't bought God of War yet. Because I'm like, I can't. I can't bring myself to do it. Um, I was playing, I was playing, uh, uh, Death Stranding, which is still phenomenal. The reason I haven't beaten it is, uh, there's a few reasons, but it's not because I don't like it. And I think it was like, Keisha wanted to hang out and I was like, all right, I'll, uh, she wanted to hang out, but I was in a zone where I couldn't save. 
And I was like, look, Ooh. I'm going to finish. I'll be like five minutes. Let me, uh, <laughs> let me, let me, let me get out of this no save zone. And I'll just go ahead and save and quit. And then I got out of the no save zone. And I was like, well, look, let me just finish this delivery. Because uh, that's like a good stopping point. You on know? the couch. So, so I went to stop. I went to finish the delivery, but they hit me with that surprise cutscene. It was mm. like, Ko- yep. Kojima has no shame. This was like a fifteen-minute cutscene. Mm. Yep, and I, you can't do anything. I was like just watching. Um, but yeah, I and it isn't even like I pushed the button to to like you know finish the delivery. It was like as I walked up to the building, it yeah. started. I'm like, Into no. You know, this is a really <laughs> random side note. Um, but this is actually why I really like the modern state of games because, like, if, if the game has the ability to actually be paused, right? Like, say Deathloop. I'm playing, and then Shailene says, hey, we need to go now for some reason, right? Yeah. I pause, and I put my PlayStation 5 into rest mode, you know? Like, yeah. that is, like, as close to a safe state as I'm going to get, <laughs> you know? Um, and I can come back and... I've done that before. You know, and... and that's just a weird. That has, I know. I was just thinking about. I really sympathize with your story, and especially the cutscene because cutscenes are even more dangerous. Because say you you want to press start, like some games mm-hmm. pause the cutscene, mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. just straight out skip it. Skip it. Forever. So so you kind of have to be like, well, how important is this to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I usually I usually get a feel for the cutscenes early. I think you can. I think you can pause the cutscenes. Okay, good. Thank you. Um, the issue, and this is something I've never thought of. I'm always questioning myself: Should I buy it on console or on PC? Here's another factor in that consideration: uh, If I buy it on console, I can just do what you said, right? Mm-hmm. I can, if especially if I don't play it very often, I can, like, if, if I'm not worried about sharing it and someone else coming in and like ruining my game, I can just pause it and put it in standby. But on my computer, I don't really want to do that because. I don't want my computer just running at full tilt, you know, rendering a game in pause for <laughs> hours. And I also don't really know how like going into standby would affect yeah, the game. Yeah. So it's just so questionable. I would never let it happen. Yeah. And Especially since I, I dual boot into Windows and sometimes if Windows goes into standby and I pull it out, it'll just restart and go Ooh, to Linux. Pain. And I'm like, God, I don't pain. even know what that would do to the state of the system. Oh, God bless. So, yeah, that was that was the conundrum I had. I had to finish out. I was gonna say that's why I haven't beaten Death Stranding because it's in such a precarious playing position for me. Sometimes those pause menus be going too hard too. So how's that? Like the the designers be just doing too much. Where the pause menu got a bunch of stuff going on. It don't need it don't need all that. So still processing. You got the game pause. This feels like a this feels like a totally unrelated complaint. No, you were just talking about the pause menu. All I'll say is on my computer, if I put my computer on standby and there's an application running, sometimes it'll just hard crash. Like I'll come back if especially if I do that multiple times, like it'll just do its equivalent to a blue screen of some form uh so yeah i oh 100 feel you on that steve like i'm not yeah. willing to take that risk <laughs> i mean i remember back in the day like on playstation i remember distinctly on my kingdom hearts 2 run i would have to leave my playstation 2 on for days just running because mm-hmm. yeah because something would happen i'd have to leave and there wouldn't there wasn't a save point for the last like 40 minutes mm-hmm. and i pfft, yeah right i'm not turning this thing off 
Worst case scenario. But you don't so, tell your parents that. Yeah, exactly. Worst case scenario, you leave it on, don't tell nobody. And somebody goes, why this game on? Click. <laughs> <laughs> well, thankfully, they didn't know how any of my stuff worked. They so. just unplug it. That's what my family do. They just <laughs> Well, it. what he means is probably that they didn't realize it was on because they didn't understand the light. <laughs> yeah, it was, the, it was the slim. So it had that little bitty light on in the front. A little tiny green light. Also, my, so it looked like a VCR that had like a running light on. Also, my dad would say, don't leave the game paused because it would like, you know, burn the pixels out on the screen. So the only thing that I, the, what I would have to do is turn the TV off, then like mm-hmm. kind of gingerly push the console in a place that like, it can't be seen to be yeah. on and then inform them, hey, please don't turn off the system and just hope that like if they forget, they don't see the system Two, that nobody comes on on down and turns the TV on and notices that it's been running. And then my dad goes, wait, this might mess up the pixels, <laughs> you know, and then so <laughs> yeah. you couldn't just pixels. change it. You couldn't just change the channel on the TV to something else and then turn it off. That's a, that's 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 adult logic. I was oh, I <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Children don't think that far. Nah, that's actually not I, a bad I idea. I, I was, never thought. I was do. hiding everything, bro. I mean, so so okay. I want to talk no about pixels is the best pixels. Uh, Let's talk about battle royales. Well, I want to talk about another element of battle royales that I think, personally, um, and I'd love to hear y'all's opinion. Why I think they're so compelling to me now, especially in my state of life, is the communal aspect of it, where I can play with y'all, because. It's kind of now a thing where I get to hang out with my friends while I'm doing something that I enjoy, you know, like Mm. if I have the opportunity, like, sure, I definitely want to play God of War, Deathloop, all these different things. But if I find out that y'all schedule aligns with mine, with free time, I will be like, hey, y'all want to run some, you know what I'm saying? Social, baby. You know, and I'm definitely not a social butterfly. But I do enjoy my friends. Shout out to Super Agile Bros and Super Agile Damn. Associates. Um, but like, <laughs> I super agile acquaintances. acquaintances. You know, I think it's one of those things where it's kind of re almost reinvigorated my like multiplayer passion. For me, it died when I basically left college. You know, like mm. I used to play with friends and like Smash Brothers and stuff like that. But I pretty much was like, well, I guess I'll never play. I'll only play single player games for the rest of my life, you know. Um, so I've been thankful for Battle Royales because I think they're the most enjoyable multiplayer experiences that I can have. And that are also like not a thing where, oh, you're 10 levels ahead of me and I need to catch up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't matter that Steve joins and he's level one and we're level 85. Like, it's the same game, you know. So, yeah. And the matchmaking is so good that you really don't even feel it. Because I, and that's the issue I think we had kind of with Apex. Mm. Is that we we were level 1s playing with a level 85. And we played against only level 85s and up. <laughs> and that's not fun. So to at least, you know, they, they bridge the gap, I think, is another thing that also makes Fortnite you know, one of the better battle royales. Is that it's very good for new players. Mm. Which... Which is hard to do in general with any game, much less a multiplayer game. I just want to take this moment to specify to anybody listening today that we have mostly been talking about the no build mode. Oh, <laughs> Fortnite! Fortnite. Yes, yes. <laughs> we haven't talked about that. Yeah, definitely a very, very important point. Yeah. Yes. No build mode all the way. Zero. I build forgot mode, there was a build mode. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I keep thinking we we play with another friend, and at one point we were we, I, I think it was me. I was trying to convince him to play that we would play Fortnite. He was like, "Oh, do you, what do you guys want to play?" And like halfway through the conversation, he's like, "Zero build, right?" And like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> like we forgot. Yeah, there is no other mode. <laughs> yeah, you know, I assume there's people still play build mode, and they're all twelve, so I'm good. <laughs> oh, that that brings up or a there, question or there's I have seven. For- that rap, that little, that little rapper. Oh boy. Oh gosh. Well, he's busy harming his family members. True. Anyway, so I was. Uh, it, it got me thinking, though. What you just said, Steve. Do you think we'd appreciate no build mode if not for build mode? Um. Yes. I mean, I don't think we would. We would definitely. You think we would like it? Is that what you're asking? We would well, definitely. We, like would it. we appreciate it as much if we hadn't experienced, I guess, just how bad build mode was, or how bad it became? So. Yes. I think we would still appreciate it because I appreciate Apex and it doesn't have a build mode, right? Like, I appreciate well, the mechanics and playing the game and enjoying it and not having to think about a stupid mechanic, right? Like, not because <laughs> a stupid mechanic exists. You know what I'm saying? Like, I enjoy the game because it's good. And Right. I, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, are we talking about enjoying the game? Or I, I, I take it, I wonder if Kyle's asking if we would be as quote-unquote thankful <laughs> like grateful that they that they graced us with a zero build mode i guess that's part that of the question asking? it was a weird question i'll admit but it's a weird question but i guess it was coming off of the idea that the reason why i think fortnite has been so uh enjoyable of an experience is because we remember what old fortnite was and so it's like it's it's kind of like twofold it's like we we did like fortnite before but now it's better so if it hadn't ever gotten better, would we still be playing it? Because like, I remember we, I mean, it was fine earlier. And I don't, we didn't quit from what I remember because build mode was so terrible. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I never played with build mode. So Bless your heart. So yeah, like for Ain't me, abs- I, if, so here's the thing, right? Um, my thinking is, you mentioned Apex, right? I feel like... Part of the love that we had for Apex, at least for me, was that it was not a building game. <laughs> it was Fortnite without some of the extra <laughs> crap, but specifically without building. <laughs> and then we soured on Apex over time. And then no build came up and became more popular. Mm-hmm. And now that's where we are. I mean... Now, if if there was never a build mode, I think maybe you guys would have been playing it earlier like years ago and maybe i would have joined you and maybe by now we would have lost you know lost the taste for it as we might do in the future yeah i mean i it's hard it's hard to remove the past like it's hard for me to actually say definitively but personally how i think about games is i don't think a game is good because it's less trash than a trash game you know it's just the game is either worth my time or it's not. I think mm. why Fortnite soured on me personally is not because of build mode's mechanic in its like existence. I thought it was like an interesting mechanic and I was like interested in learning it. It was just that there's just a point where there was nothing I could do if I wasn't the best builder. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. Like it completely skews the meta. Yeah, even on the lowest level. And it's not fun. The lowest level yeah. gamer in Fortnite is like 
an incredible builder building weird structures and i you know like it's just like okay you know yeah it created a separate i guess skill gap if you will Mm -hmm. so i could see that for sure yeah it's hard enough to shoot a person you know but back in the day people were so trash they could neither shoot nor build and it was great (laughs) because we were all trash then we got a little bit better at shooting a little better at building but the problem was shooting you could you the only way to get better was to fight people right building you could go and hide in the corner and just do that by yourself so it then created that skill gap you know um and to be honest i mean oh let me ask y'all about apex for example from a battle royale standpoint and this is something that i think maybe it's not understated but something that is going to have to get solved is the skill-based matchmaking systems in these multiplayer battle royale games because i think they make all the difference you know like i'd probably still be playing apex to this day if skill-based matchmaking wasn't absolutely garbage you know what i mean like i agree yeah because I think it goes down to it, it was a similar feeling to in Fortnite when somebody could outbuild you or would just build and then appear behind you or something like it because you don't actually get into a fight you don't actually experience the game because <laughs> they're sniped yeah they're playing a different exactly. game and so like you don't get to play the game with people at your level who are playing the same game you are if you're in, you can be you're in the same lobby you're playing the same you know it's Apex but they're playing a different game fundamentally they're doing something they're whole whole other level and it's It's not fun ocean it's not fun yeah and then yeah like like and i wonder if it's fun for them you know when i play smash bros with people that are just not good like i don't get excited Mm -hmm. i've like i try to find ways to make it more even like oh maybe we do team battles or maybe we handicap me or we do something i play random characters but that's just not fun if you're just stomping on everybody. But see, the problem is you're a stable person. Like, <laughs> you know, like. It's true. The problem is you have morals, you have empathy, character. Yeah, and you have a healthy, like, lifestyle, and you have, like, friends and the family, and you have your wife, and things that give you meaning. So for you, this game is just. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the game doesn't add value beyond it being fun. You know, and it being a little bit of a challenge here or there, and then you having that good match with people on your level, and you're like, ah, I bested them just by a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, that's a great feeling because your life is relatively good, right? Um, ho- I don't want to call horrible people, but sad. Smurfs. What, half people. Smurfs, half people. <laughs> people who are not in a good place, they do get joy from crushing ants. You know what I mean? Yeah. They get validated because they won something. I'm better than you. Ha, look at you. You're so trash. You're so terrible. Look at you. You're so bad. Like, dude, I'm not trash. You're just incredible. You know? Like, (laughs) it's Mike Tyson going to an amateur boxing match. Everybody (laughs) dies. And Mike Tyson's (laughs) out here gloating over dead bodies. You know what I mean? Like, it's... it's Nobody's celebrating with you, Mike. (laughs) They're all dead. All dead. <laughs> you have no more opponents. And I think that's where Fortnite to me has in and once again we're kinda of harping on Fortnite, but really the battle royale gen, but Fortnite does a great job of the skill based matchmaking. Because yeah, sometimes you're fighting bots, right? 
book bots give you that feeling of a little bit of accomplishment, right? You killed somebody, you're getting that flow. You know what I'm saying? It's like the warm up. And then eventually you're then dealing with people within your skill range, you know? And sometimes they're really good, right? Like we've been worked before, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it hasn't felt like absolutely insurmountable. It's like, oh, okay. These people are just better than me. Maybe I'll be better one day. But like when somebody's building around you and then, you know, you're like, what in the world is even happening? You know? Insurmountable odds. Yeah. Because even, and we, we kind of clown on the bots, but early on, bots will catch you slipping. Yeah, we were we were trash and bots were real. <laughs> <laughs> so you're asking about Apex, how, what I think about Apex. Yeah, like what, what made versus you... Fortnite. I mean, the reason I stopped playing Apex was because of the skill-based matchmaking. And I think Kyle somewhat reflects that. What what made you stop? That The reason I stopped playing Apex was because you two stopped playing Apex. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> Got him. This, look, man, I bought Gears of War to play with one group of people. I downloaded Apex and more recently Fortnite specifically to play with you guys. Thank I don't you. even play DRG. And I like that game because mm. <laughs> um, no one else plays. Uh, what was it getting at? Anyway, um, but there are things I like better about Fortnite. So one thing I like better, or one thing that I didn't mind while I was playing Apex, but now that I'm playing Fortnite, I've really seen mm-hmm. is uh, there's no classes. Mm. And so, you know... It, on one hand, the classes are cool because they add kind of a dynamism, mm-hmm. but they do shift the meta, and I never really figured out how to earn more classes. I think you have to pay for them. Am I wrong? To some degree. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. You had to buy a battle pass. You guys are saying if I buy a battle pass and then I just do the free stuff on the battle pass, it'll give me enough points to get the next battle exactly. pass, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So... You had to either pay or put in a decent amount of time, which I wasn't really willing or interested in doing. And I just figured, hey, look, there's plenty of free characters. I'll just play two or three of the free characters, and those will be my mains, and I'll be good with that. The issue, I think, is that a lot of people feel that way. And so, like, 80% of the people that I... Maybe not that many. 60 70% of the people that I fight in Apex are using one of the free characters Mm -hmm. and then the remaining 40% are using a character that I never see until Mm -hmm. it kills you. And they clown me because I don't know how their stupid character works. All their abilities. (laughs) Yeah. It's like fighting. uh, It's like fighting uh, Isabel in smash bros. Like you're like, wait, what does Isabel do? And then you get, (laughs) and that person you get class. You're like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Like, you, it's uh, it's 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 that meta, man. It's, it's uh, I was watching this kind of a short video documentary about Smash Bros as a sport, and he was comparing in melee how like nobody has nobody has a good Yoshi and like a really really high level play, and then this dude Amza showed up and was winning tournaments or a tournament I think with his Yoshi because no one knew how to deal with Yoshi because mm. everyone always played Fox. Fox and Falco and Marth. Yep. Um, and he was comparing it to like a cur- to like a knuckleball, and he's like, "Look, in, in baseball, you have a couple of different pitches, and the knuckleball, 
you have to be like really really good at a knuckleball to have a good like you can't kind of be you can't like win you can't win with a knuckleball unless you put all your time and effort into being great at a knuckleball and therefore nobody ever uses it Mm -hmm. but therefore if you are really good with it then you always catch people slipping because they don't know how to deal with a knuckleball because it kind of waves and wobbles Mm. yeah and i'm like that's a really cool you know way to think about the meta and so i feel like you know people playing with the brand new character with valkyrie or you know the guy without a shirt the louisiana looking dude (laughs) Uh, oh, C- was it Seer? Is that Seer? His name? Seer. In the Louisiana. Seer. His name dude. is Seer. So disrespectful. Kind of like he from. Oh, he kind of like man, I guess voodoo. Does this voodoo. man not look like the entire state of Louisiana? Got that. He looks like New Orleans ish. <laughs> this man if looks he's like a he vegan. came directly out of a vegan a, living in Louisiana. This man. <laughs> this man stumbled out of a New Orleans haunted house tour. <laughs> he was birthed in those walls. He took a hat from the ground. And then he just walked into that Hilarious. game. All of his uh, quips yeah. are about the bayou. <laughs> <laughs> in the bayou, you would have died a long time ago. Watch out for that gator. I'm the one who eats. Uh, and and do his sauce. Yeah, I feel like, it. you know, the new characters of the meta. And what, there was one crypto, the guy, the guy crypto. He wasn't that new, but I never saw anyone play with him. But then every time I saw a drone, I was like, oh, God, I don't know what to do with this. And yeah, then he takes down my shields and I die. It's just easy mode with these characters, but I don't want to buy them. So it's, it's nice that Fortnite doesn't have that, you know. I might get got with like a lightsaber or a Kamehameha <laughs> or get run over by a truck with a cow catcher on it. But at least I had the opportunity to use those weapons too. They were just on the ground. Nothing is walled off. Yeah, that's very yeah. good point. So that's, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's that's an interesting because like if you think about a, a standard multiplayer gaming in in general, the meta can only shift so much, right? Because the mechanics don't shift very much, right? Like maybe somebody finds what I would like to call an exploit, like mm-hmm. something that gives them an 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 undue or unfair advantage to the rest of the population for some period of time until the rest of the population realize, oh, like yeah, crouch spamming, spamming, right? That's like a exploit to me. Like the first person who started crouch spamming, just you know, on people, was probably murking everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But that's one mechanic. But when you have to deal with, I don't know how many characters they have now in Apex. Like what, twenty? It's a lot. It's a couple rows of them. I don't know. You know, they're about to have a Smash Brothers roster, and each <laughs> and each of them are like paper scissors rocks with different characters and like how you use that ability. And then you're also dealing with the the massive multiplayer aspect of the game. So you're dealing with a lot of different people with a lot of different skill levels, with all the different classes. It's a lot. And I was actually just talking to our guy, Oren, who we were playing Fortnite with. He was telling me that the newest character, I don't know her name or anything about her, but uh, apparently she has a wrecking ball. And so you guys remember when we were playing, there was Gibraltar, Gibby? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he, he drops the big shield. He said, this is the only character in the game that is a hard counter because if you throw her wrecking ball at the shield, it breaks it. And so he said that nobody plays Gibraltar anymore because of that. Just like that. Yep. And he was in it's every a, squad. So this is an earlier question you asked about was like how this has changed the gaming landscape. Mm-hmm. I haven't, I don't think I've noticed this change proliferate very much, but this is a really interesting way of doing things, right? So most games 
uh, with lots of characters and fighting and stuff. If you want to keep the meta fresh and evolving, you add a new character and that character will have some new mechanic and mm-hmm. that that changes the meta, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but there's two issues with that. Well, and that's fine, right? So Smash Bros. does that, um, obviously. Like basically every fighting game does that, I assume, if they add new characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, uh, what is it? Apex does that. They just keep adding new stuff. But instead of adding new characters, Fortnite's like, well, what if we just add a bonkers mechanic and everyone has it and then we just take it away later, you know? Like the ooze gun. Yeah. Yeah. Or like the, was the pumpkin rockets, mm-hmm. lightsabers, kamehamehas, like Nimbus. No, was it? There was web slinging for a while. Like there's all sorts of cool stuff. And they can add game breaking stuff. They can add game breaking stuff because it's only going to be there for a while. And if everyone hates it, they can just won't, people hate it. They just don't play for a few weeks, right? Like, Tanks. No big <laughs> loss. I, you know, it's so crazy that you say it, Steve. I was thinking the same exact thing. I was like, it's so interesting to see how in the landscape of Battle Royale games, them creating, because I feel like, well, let me ask y'all this before I say this. Do you think there's any other type of game type, genre, whatever you want to call it, that does really well with this kind of like seasonal thing or like this, oh, this gun is here for a while and this gun goes away or this thing is here and then it goes away? Like, could is there any other game mechanic that you could imagine would do well with that seasonal approach i think it would have to be something that is multiplayer okay because if it's single player then like based on when you buy the game and play because you know when you buy a single player game you're not playing you're not trying to time it with other people you just get it when you get it although there is like a communal aspect of playing alongside someone and talking about it afterwards anyway (laughs) you wouldn't want to like i mean imagine a uh an adventure imagine skyrim Mm -hmm. where every couple of months they like add a new dragon shout and then take it away and they add a different dragon shout (laughs) or like they'll add a fighter that or they'll add not a fighter they'll add like a a sword that takes away gravity and then Mm -hmm. everyone can be anti-grav that would be great that would be weird like who's that for yeah like what does that do like eventually i'm gonna get tired of the game i don't want to keep playing it but a multiplayer game uh, something I wanted to bring up earlier was that uh, a battle royale has kind of the, some of the magic of a roguelike, which is what Brad was saying. We're like, oh, I can just pick it up and then put there's no like context for my playthrough. I don't keep anything. I don't lose anything. Yeah, that's the that's the fun of a roguelike. But the great part of a battle royale is they don't have to actually design randomness. The people are, <laughs> are the, the are the roguelike element. elements. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, they have like random loot drops and this and that, but. It's, it's it's very much just the same game, but the people are the new factor. And that's what makes a game... That's why multiplayer is so important. And that's why I think you need multiplayer to have that. Because I don't play the same... I don't want to play Metroid Prime multiple, like over and over just to experience what is what is essentially a mod, right? A temporary mod that, that that's being forced on me. I think that... Yeah, that's the, not fun. The taking away is I think what really separates That's because important. there are plenty important. plenty of games, multiplayer games and single player games that just continue to add content. Mm-hmm. Um and so I think the taking away of things, especially when it comes to Fortnite, like they have no problems backpedaling. Like whether it be a an emote 
that it got in trouble for, <laughs> a skin that comes out that has uh, accidental physics, as they said. <laughs> or a Martin Luther King skin that we've all Dude. known exists, but they probably removed it. Oh, it's in there. <laughs> Dude, Ninja I just it. watched the episode of Atlanta where some European fashion fashionista guy uh, makes like his five-year anniversary shirt for his company and it says Central Park 5 on the back. And it hard cuts to like the main characters being part of his his uh, endeavor to like apologize to the black community. Oof. Like that was the way the episode opened. It was Terrible. great. Anyway, yeah, Fortnite, uh, it- Central Park 5. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I was saying about Atlanta. No, so yeah, but just just I, I think other companies, especially like EA or something, would like double down if mm-hmm. they were putting stuff in the game and it became controversial, or if they, mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think other other publishers or other game genres are as quick to embrace the idea of something coming and going, except for like maybe maps. Yeah, but even then, it has to be yeah the multiplayer experience because it, even in a single player experience, like new maps wouldn't make a whole lot of of, of a change unless yeah. the only Maps thing are a bad idea the only thing that i can think of that's kind of like maybe in a weird space that could almost appreciate it is the speedrunning community as far as like since there's a big community or not, maybe not speedrunners in general but the communities that are around games that they play all the time like people always finding new mechanics in breath of the wild people trying to get you know, do pull off crazy moves in Mario Odyssey and wanting new content in those games. Like if there was some sort of seasonal thing that kind of came and went new challenges and stuff, I think those communities would appreciate it. Maybe even Mario Kart, you know. Um, hmm. Yeah, Mario Kart would be a good example. The reason I say multiplayer is because that's the, the multiplayer games are the games where the meta can go stale. And for, well, no, sorry. Where the meta changes a lot, but you want to keep it changing to keep engagement. Like a like a Breath of the Wild. Once you learn the mechanics, I would hate to always have to be. I mean, you guys hate it when it rains in Breath of the Wild. I would hate to always be relearning something as I play. I think you know. I was thinking about it, and you actually brought up the genre that immediately came to mind uh, that I think could possibly do it, which I think is roguelikes, where roguelikes. You know, they do have shifting, like, for example, roguelikes that have multiple rooms, like, say, certain room types don't exist in certain seasons or maybe certain enemy types don't exist. So every run still has that variety when you're in a particular season. So, oh, this season is you're in the ice season. So all the enemies are ice based. And then the next one is the tropical. Like, but it's a a game. I think it only works for a mechanic that has replayability baked into it. I don't think God of War yeah. would do well with <laughs> no. removing and or adding mechanics randomly. <laughs> or not no. randomly, or even just announcing that they're, oh, in the next month we're gonna change all of the stuff and you know, um and I will say this. I think why Battle Royale games actually do really well is in in a lot of multiplayer games actually, is that like there's no such thing as mastery, really. Like, right. like you got to think about like the fact that in three months, maybe everybody's gonna have to refigure out what's happening, yep, right? Start completely over, you know. But there's this, f- but but what do we all enjoy in a game? Getting better, 
right? Like discovering things new and being better than you were when you started. Like, mm-hmm. and when a game stays static, those who reach mastery stay mastery and they kind of gatekeep people from ever getting there, right? That's just the mm-hmm. nature of it. But when you take out certain things or you add new things, you'll find that some players who weren't that good with like, say, sniper rifles, all of a sudden are beasts with shotguns, you know? And you have this like fluctuating kind of, I don't know. I, I just think it's a very unique thing. And I think y'all are right in the sense that really only multiplayer games could pull it off. And maybe a few non-multiplayer games, but even those would be a stretch, you know? Um, yeah. I like the speedrunning community thing, though, because it's kind of like, hey, speedrunners, we know you like our game. So we created a new scenario for you to try to speedrun, you know? But that kind of probably just comes from the modding community anyway, like you were saying, Steve. So it's like the publisher and the developers, like, eh, why get involved? <laughs> uh, you know, I'm thinking true. about it, and it just occurred to me: Smash Bros. kind of does this, right? But they did it in the wrong way. So in, in the newest in Smash Ultimate, the World of Light single player mode, um, basically, Ugh. it's just it's really bad. All right, let me just say that at the top: it's really bad, <laughs> but. It's basically just you fighting computers, right? A bunch of different matches, but each each match has some sort of gimmick mm-hmm. related to a game character or a movie character. Oh, they're all game characters, right? And so, like, you might be fighting against uh, a random villain from, like, a Final Fantasy game who uses magic, or sorry, uses, like, poison magic. And so, in that match, they'll find, they'll, they'll, put you on some stage that maybe feels like a final fantasy stage and they will have magic or they'll sorry i keep saying magic they'll have poison fog on the ground and so they only you have to fight uh in the on the platforms or else you get poisoned like and that's how that's what they do and that's kind of what i'm thinking like if, if a, in a smash bros online scenario where they were adding new mechanics and stuff that's kind of the sp- what i imagine that would look like mm-hmm. the spirits the problem- boards kind of did that because they expired Oh yeah, I forgot about that track. Spirit boards. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. They would have they would have like special events. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Where you could like get spirits from different games and they would have certain mechanics. Um Nintendo also has like tournaments that they do and they'll do fun stuff like I mean, obviously they do stuff like items on or this or that. But I've seen them do things like, oh, only Pokemon can fight or only, you know, uh characters with projectiles or something dumb. Mm. That's kind of cool. You know they're they're kind of they're kind of looking at it. I think they're coming about that direction. I wish they would do something with like the spirit battles, but in the online multiplayer. I think people would hate it, but it'd just be a mode that you could turn mm-hmm. on that you just play. Like if you want to play, you play. Yeah. If you don't, you don't. Because you can already choose your your preferred rules when you play online, and they try to respect it. But often I'll get stuck with someone who has like Smash Balls and seven lives and three minutes and i'm like why i hate this and they just um, sd three times i mean if they do that i don't care i don't have to keep playing you know i think one thing you said earlier kyle is just about this idea of adding removing stuff like not being something you'll see in other games and it's kind of bold like i can only imagine the discussion when they said let's remove all of the guns <laughs> you know or people's favorite gun and replace it with something else. Mm-hmm. And 
that must have been difficult. But I think that is what breathes life into Fortnite. And and you mentioned this earlier, Kyle. You were like, oh, I could play Fortnite and then forget to play for three months and then come back and I could pick it back up. But not only are you picking it back up, you're not picking it back up in the state that it was when you left. You're walking yeah. into a world of wonder and discovery, right? Like, yeah. I hadn't played yeah. in super long and Kyle was playing. And he was telling me about Spider-Man and stuff. And I'm like, what are you talking about? You know? I go and play and I'm like, what? You can swing with spider hands? What? What's <laughs> going like it was like a whole game. I was learning. there was a story going first of all, the story's trash. But other than that, <laughs> it's like very bad. the world was doing things. And that was the most interesting part to me. Like these little missions, and you're doing these little goofy things, and you're like seeing these different places and they're evolving and changing. And it's like this it's a very dynamic experience. And it's hard to feel like you could do that in anything else. Because one, it's permanent and semi-permanent, semi-permanent at the same time, right? It's permanent in the sense that you change the game map for a whole season. But it's semi-permanent in that you only play one instance of the game at the time. Like, so you're restarting every time you play. So it's almost like it doesn't really matter that it's permanent or not permanent. It's just like you can't do that in God of War. You can't all of a sudden remove like the whole central area. You know, like it's it's probably it's a hard concept for me to describe. But I think there's just something about this idea that like the game can change just at any time. But it's not it's not seen as a detriment. It's seen as like a feature. Like whoa, they got Goku in here with like that was so random. Like <laughs> like and it was like in the middle of a season. Like all of a sudden we got Kamehameha's and Nimbuses, and it completely changed the gameplay style for a while, and then it went away, and nobody's complaining. It's crazy. Yeah, I think it mixes a bunch of genres too, because. One thing I think that also makes Battle Royale games fundamentally like uh, have that staying power is that you, in general, as the player, can you you're the constant, and so like if the way the player moved and stuff also changed with the seasons, mm-hmm. I don't think that they'd be accepted as well. But because fundamentally, you know, what you used to do, you can do, but now there's new, and it doesn't it doesn't deter you you know from playing like how you used to if you wanted to but it also encourages you to try these new things yeah like the grappling hand you know you don't have to you don't have to interact with that stuff but then you know and, and depending on which battle royale you're playing even fall guys does this is like you're always so that slame that same slow pill shaped monster but you know the courses change and so that's how you can feel like like it, it adds a heaping load of new and discovery with just enough familiarity to where you feel enticed to give it a chance. Because I think, like what you're mentioning with the whole map changing, favorite weapons leaving, um, new places on the island you know that you've never seen before, don't know how to navigate, don't know where loot is, that'd be super intimidating if you also had to figure out, you know, how to move your character now in this new world because there's space physics or something. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's sometimes the detriment of a game like Apex where the map, like how a player plays with the map is really important. So like a map change is kind of significant. 
But like you yes. were saying, Steve, without the classes, it's just like, okay, I just shoot from a mountain now, <laughs> you know, like from a high place or a low place. Like it's, it's not the, the biggest, biggest deal. So I know we're coming up on time. So I want to ask y'all one last kind of question about battle royales. All right. I kind of threw this out this earlier. What game <laughs> do you want to see? Maybe, maybe not really, but might be cool to see with a battle royale mode that's not just you know what we already know a shooter call of duty like what game or maybe it is a shooter but with a different mechanic what game could you imagine being a battle royale i'll start give y'all a second to think about this one game i'd like to see a battle royale in, and i know it's the stupidest game you could possibly imagine doing this with Uh oh it's dynasty warriors dynasty warriors battle royale yes so so this is my envisioning of it so, have y'all played Dynasty Warriors? Mm-hmm. No. Okay. So, just the for and I guess for our listeners' sake, I should explain anyway. Dynasty Warriors, you're basically a overpowered, like you're basically a superhero amongst men, and you just kill hundreds and hundreds of enemies with swords and battles. It's like you're on a battlefield, like a war in a war zone, and you're just fighting through and like hitting hundreds of people and killing hundreds of people and in like one fell swoop with a sword and stuff like that. It's just really chaotic and really crazy and you feel just super powered now what i imagine it being that everybody is dropped in different places but like your goal is to kill the other people but it's in the middle of a war so there's hundreds and hundreds of these little ais running around doing stupid stuff so you're fighting them but you might once in a while encounter another person and you have to battle them right but when you kill like these enemies they're kind of your loot drops right so you all start with the basic weapons and but you kill enemies and they drop stuff and you might find chests and stuff. But it would just be like this crazy like battle of, you know, where do I I got to fight the world, but I also got to fight people. And you'll see somebody in the distance, like juggling 100 people in the air. And you're like, hmm, am I ready to fight them yet? Like they seem like they have a really good weapon, you know, like hmm. maybe I need to deviate, you know, and it'd be a team of people, which would be even more fun, you know, when you Ooh. could like attack i don't know i think it'd be really interesting to have this like giant battlefield um where you're fighting multiple factions of superhero warriors you know um and maybe they all have the same they're all the same it's just the weapon that you hold does different actions you know but doesn't doesn't like a dynasty warriors game kind of depend on isn't like all the gameplay centering around the idea of one versus many no yes and no like you're fighting bosses, other generals right? like the generals have a lot of minions uh, but those generals okay, are really that. strong and sometimes you're protecting generals on your side you're fighting alongside generals who are really stronger than you you know so it's a got mm-hmm. it that's interesting it's almost like a battle royale. maybe maybe a better not better maybe something like a, a battle royale fire emblem <laughs> Ooh. type of thing I, I think or like a tactics think, tactics game or something. I think I, I think I would still want it to be live action. Yeah, 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 live like, action. But but in terms of like, I guess the theme feels like oh oh oh, yeah, maybe so. And I think if you kept it where it's just everybody was the same archetype, but it was just a weapon that made you different, mm-hmm. then it would be more like the Fortnite than the Apex, and I think it would be more yeah. accessible. Pick up, pick up a spear or a yeah. sword, and then the spears are just purple, gold, you know great mm-hmm. um sure so yeah that's that's i have 
other thoughts, but yeah. Do y'all have any ideas on? I got one. I do. I'll let Kyle go first. Okay, so I'm going to cheat. I actually have two, but I'm going to make them both very brief. So the first one... Let, I was... me, go, let me go between you. Okay. Uh, so the first one I was thinking of is... <laughs> I don't know how this would work, but uh, Rocket League. Interesting. Just because I think the feeling that they gave to those little cars is really... It feels really good. And especially when you have you know a full team of whatever it is, five versus five, and trying to accomplish something... I think it would have to be one of those elimination games because if they made it like, um, ah, what's that game with the clown who drives the van? Yo, I was literally about Twisted to say Metal. Twisted, Twisted Metal. Metal Battle Royale would be so gangster. Yeah. And so, I mean, it basically is. You just add more people. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so I wouldn't want it to be like they add weapons to the cars like they do in Twisted Metal. Um, I mean, maybe it could work, but I feel like that would kind of kill the spirit of rocket league which is more about the movement um but i just think having a hundred or so of those little cars zipping around trying to do something would would, would be pretty interesting so i have an idea for you um maybe it could be a, like imagine a giant map so not like a little arena like soccer field mm-hmm. like in you know like in uh not twisted metal uh in rocket league but it's a giant map with you know, flat areas and mountainous areas, not mountain, hilly areas. And there are goals scattered around, not random, but like set places. But then randomly, a giant ball will fall out of the sky. And whoever is near to it will try to score on the nearest goal. Um, and the other team is trying to stop them from, like any other teams who happen to be nearby are trying to stop them from scoring and instead steal the goal and take it themselves. Mm. And then I guess if you don't get points, you get eliminated over time. Mm. Interesting. Yeah, I think something like that could work. I think I just want to hijack your idea and just. I think once you said that twisted metal battle royale <laughs> on in a city map or wherever with like teams and like it would be so chaotic. But if awesome. it was a big enough map, it would be kind of like Fortnite where you have those team team battles, even though there's like a hundred other people around so you could have these epic like car battles but then you have to get third party by another set of cars you know what i'm saying like yeah. that would be super cool man you know what that's some that's a mechanic that we didn't talk about from like the very first part of the con- of the podcast mm-hmm. um the i the the concept of having a big enough space where you can run into people but you're not it isn't like Smash Bros. where everyone's on a tiny stage mm-hmm. and everyone's going to hit by everything. But there's there's an element of sneaking and surprise. And that's probably one place where another place where uh, Fall Guys fails to be a battle royale. But this idea that someone can be third partying you implies that, you know, not everything is known about the whole map at once. That people can be unknown until you run into them by accident. Yeah. Or you can like hunt, hunt people. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. I've always thought about it as like... Apex and Fortnite and PUBG or whatever, they just have series of cornucopias, like in, um, you know, Hunger Games. Hunger Games. So basically every town is a cornucopia. So it draws players in because it benefits you to go there and get better weapons. Because at the end of the day, your last fight, if your weapons are trash, you're in a bad situation. So Mm -hmm. like instead of it just being like people wandering around and maybe running into each other, these points of interest always pull you in. So you always have some level of engagement if you're near anybody 
even though the maps are huge. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah. So anyway. Okay. Cool. Point. Were you finished, Kyle? Yeah, that was my my first one, but I'll I'll do the other one on the way back. Okay. Um. So I was trying to picture what this would look like in my head. I don't know if I like this game the most, but just in the short time that I've had a battle royale spelunky game. Mm. Okay. Continue. And, and so you have a bunch of people. You have a huge temple. Like I think the temple and every or like each level of spelunky is usually like what maybe two or three screens of area yeah we're thinking you know, it had to be much bigger than that mm-hmm. okay yeah much bigger than that have a lot of the same movement and like mechanics in terms of guns and items and 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 traps um instead of the ghost who just knocks you out after a while it would have to be like basic and uh the storm would be lava coming up from the bottom or like maybe the top of the map like caving in slowly mm. but it's random so you don't know you don't know where the where the last circle quote unquote will be mm. um but yeah i think that could be really fun i just wanted i wanted there to be like a 2d i was thinking oh what, what would a 2d uh roguelike look like um battle royale i still think sorry not yet not it is a roguelike uh 2d battle royale um so i'm still thinking about things because you know it's hard to hunt someone or be hunted if it's if you're just a spray on a screen that anybody can see but you know there there could be ways around that i could figure that out so i think spelunky already has so many mechanics that would just work instantly without having to be you know fiddled with we almost forgot kyle to mention a battle royale that we both played i was gonna mention it if you didn't yeah yeah worms so worms is the only 2d battle royale that I think I've played, that I'm aware of. I uh, would say like one one point two five of battle royales <laughs> of 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 two D battle royales you've played. <laughs> one point two five. There's some other quarter somewhere. That yes. Um, I mean, how is I know that it is a an elimination type game, but how is it a battle royale? So although they made a worms battle, like it's a it was. Oh yeah, like literally. It's a it's a standalone. Okay, then I haven't seen it. I have no idea. Yeah, I can't. It might just be called Worms Royale. I can't remember, but it's like you just come in with your team, you guys loot to get weapons, and then literally it's just chaos, just fighting people. It's actually was really fun. It was very good for a while, but it just didn't have any. Like Fortnite feels like you're kind of progressing. I don't know how to describe it. Like it just didn't feel like there's anything more like, like a really low ceiling it felt like we got really good really quick and we didn't play very much but mm-hmm. i mean we were getting dubs on dubs and it was starting to like not be as fun and it, it just yeah it just didn't feel like it was going anywhere and i also i played a few times and then i saw people who were like really really good and i realized oh this is basically the building mechanic like there's that too <laughs> there's like this feeling of like oh like i can never get to this level and i don't desire to um so yeah and also like it was a little bit too in not that it shouldn't be intense. It was just the maps were a little bit smaller. So it was more chaos than it was like tactics. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there were, they had like the mechanics they brought from worms, which was appreciated, but also add to the chaos, like the different warp tunnels and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely more chaotic than tactical. Um, 
but yeah, sorry. So yeah, I I would love to see a really cool two D. Um, I think roguelikes would work really well. Um, so I I'll use this as my last one, and then we can kind of all do our last one to wrap it up. But um, it's another one of my favorite games. But I think uh, it'd be really cool to do a uh, Dead Rising. As you can see, I like when there's a lot of stuff that you have to deal with. <laughs> yeah. The inv- yeah, like okay. PvE environmental stuff. versus P- PvEVP. <laughs> um, I yeah. mean, there's a little bit of PvE in Fortnite, but um, it would be cool for you to start as a person who has to survive the zombie apocalypse. You're the last person, the only one person can be rescued, you know? And like, I don't know if there'd be a circle per se, like something that's yeah, there has to be to push people together. But, like, your goal is to survive. You know, there's, like, you got to eat food. You got to fight off these zombies. You find weapons that are uh, that are breakable. And then when you encounter another person, you have to fight them. And then you can take their stuff. And, yeah, you're basically just fighting. Oh, that's what it is. The um, Maybe the helipad where you get picked up changes location or something. And, you know, yeah. or or maybe there's, like, quarantine zones that once you get caught in these quarantine zones, you just... You know, you have you have a certain period of time to get out before you get turned into a zombie, you know? Yeah. Um, but I like the idea of just like you're fighting through all these zombies, but you're also trying to survive. And then like there's some tactics because like how do I approach another group of survivors? You know, like, OK, you go this way Dude. and flank them to distract them and then we'll do this. You know, maybe throw some meat into the middle of them to cause the zombies to ta- attack them. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Yeah. So. I had an idea for you too. Uh, what if, so like, yeah, what if when you die, you can become a zombie and you'll never be able to win the game, but then you can, uh, you can try to grief <laughs> other the, teams. Uh, the other teams. And maybe that you have as a player, you know, you have some like control over the zombies so you can like make them more, make, make zombie attacks more strategic and stuff. Yeah. Or maybe just and then the way to the way to stop that the way to stop that would be like if you kill somebody you have to totally just destroy their body. Yeah, kill them twice as a zombie. Like like being thirsted, basically. (laughs) And maybe that's the part of it, like the revive mechanic is like you can kill them, but in this world, reanimation is a real thing, and it's just a question of how you get reanimated, like via zombie or via some you know machine. They're in it. I think I think it would I think on the without giving it too much thought, I would say that if you are killed and thirsted, then you die. Mm-hmm. But if you are killed and then like if you're knocked and then you like bleed out or something else kills you, like a zombie kills you, then you become a zombie. And you can either just quit at that moment, like if you don't want to keep playing like that, or you can play till somebody kills you. I like that as an alternative to like a spectator mode. Um. Yeah. Yeah, because it's, it's kind of it kind of facilitates the same things that you can't win, but you can still interact. It reminds me of uh, in the battle mode in Mario Kart in on sixty four, when if you went out first, you'd become the little bomb cart mm-hmm. and just trope, just chase a person you hate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just pursue. It them. would probably uh, impact the lobbies though. If people are what do you mean? if people are still in their games as zombies, like rather yeah, there'd than be starting a, lot, a new game. Yeah, there'd be a lot less rotation. To new games. Oh yeah, it would take longer. I, I think to, this is uh, a, sort of a really quick side note. I think one thing that Battle Royale did realize really early is that it's a better experience to have some ability to revive your your teammates because it yeah, gives you an yeah. opportunity even after a loss in a battle 
to always be able to like recover and come back and have a comeback win. But like permadeath means like, oh, well, now we're just two and two against teams of three. I guess we lose, mm. you know. That was something I liked about Apex was they had reboots. And now Fortnite has reboots. Because mm-hmm. they didn't used to, right? Am I crazy? I don't think they did. I'm pretty sure the reboot You could, you could heal is... someone who was knocked, mm-hmm. but once someone died... Yeah, I think they were gone, gone before they had to reboot vans. Yeah. Definitely a good play. Mr. Kyle? But, uh, yeah. So, yeah, my second one... Um, I thought you were kind of going to kind of touch on it when you said Spelunky. Uh, but I think a DRG battle royale would be pretty interesting. Okay. Just because it's kind of the, I guess the opposite mechanic of Fortnite, which is the building. And so if you had to dig and if you could be digging tunnels and fighting people like underground and stuff, Oh, you know, and even if they kept the, the classes, I don't, I mean, but instead of, you know, you starting off as a class, they have the class weapons lying around. I think even what they have in DRG right now, would lend itself pretty well, and you know they they already have the stuff like with the the smoke clouds and um, the indicators that lead you to certain areas and stuff. So as far as like the zone closing and waypoints and stuff, they got a lot of the, the pieces. You just have to I guess figure out how to make it really work. But I think the most interesting thing though would be the digging mm-hmm. while also fighting, and then having to figure out the lighting situations and stuff like that. Yeah, like you can oh, see another wow, yeah, team at the really distance, cool. like in the darkness. Like maybe mm-hmm. your team is like, oh, let's stay like in the darkness, kind of see what they're up to, then ambush them. You know, um, that would be hard because there's not a lot of open spaces in DRG, mm-hmm. except for like you know the really open spaces. But we could, yeah, you could just make maps that have a lot of open spaces. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or you hear a team drill. Well, they don't make maps at all. Hmm. They don't even make maps. So in in your DRG game. So the maps in DRG, I don't. Th- I think they're, they're procedural, randomly generated. Procedural. Yeah. So, would you keep the procedural tunnels, or would you um, do like, uh, you know, set maps that you can learn, but then dig around in? So I think, in my mind, the better battle royale experiences I've had have had at least the consistency of map. So I'd say it'd be a, yeah. it'd be a bigger map. And you'd still have some sort of like drop-in mechanic where you maybe you choose which part of the planet, in quotes, that you drill into. But it'll be the same one every time. Oh, and what if you're trying to get to the core? That's the circle. Like, everyone starts on the surface and you're trying to get to the core first, but you can like cut people off and stuff. I was, was going to say a similar thing where it's not how the, the, the storm works is that it's actually like there's only so many drilled downs. Like... Like on the map, there's like maybe 20 drop ships that take you to the next level down. And you're like, it's not necessarily like you're fighting other people, like purely killing them. You're just trying to like fuel this, fuel this machine so it'll go down and get your whole team in before the Mm. other team. Right. And so it's like this kind of like. And there's a whole bunch of them. So it's just like chaos. You see people like getting, but you need to get all the materials and your team has to have all the materials and you can like steal it from each other. And, and maybe it's not about killing each other, but like out resourcing or something. So you have the, the choice to eliminate other players or focus on gathering resources. So maybe, so that would be, I guess, more of an elimination thing because you take the drill down and the team that gets, that doesn't just, get a drill. Yeah. They die up there. 
for whatever reason. Well, they wouldn't necessarily die. They could just drill like manually. I think if you if you make it where they can't drill down, maybe maybe it's like it's just purely maybe it's not that you die, but it's about you getting winning being the selected group. Right. The, that was my know? initial thought. Because I, I think if you make the mechanic where people can kill people, they're going to kill each other. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't I can't I don't think you can say, oh, like you could focus on resources or focus on killing people. It's like it's either killing everybody or like we can't hurt each other. It's just more about a defend like dodgeball kind of situation. Like we can. Yeah. Yeah. Know. Yeah. What I meant by they don't die is that like they're not the the game. Their game isn't isn't over just because they missed the drill that goes down. They can follow, but they'll just be really slow. And so then you can choose, like, do I kill these stragglers or do I leave without them? And then maybe they come up behind me later. Mm. Mm. That could be an interesting mechanic. Yeah, I think if there's like some kind of like slowly smoke, uh, poison gas moves into the caverns. And so you yeah. just got to yeah. keep moving. You can do something like that. Yeah. yeah. But anyhow. You could also jump down after the drill and Break your take fall damage. <laughs> and just die. Yeah. Worth it. Yeah, I think one thing also that with with the core idea is that there would be a subset of players that ignore everything else about the game, drill down to the core immediately, and then try to gatekeep for the rest of the game. And that's why so I, I think that's one of the mm-hmm. yeah, you, you have to make it difficult to just go straight to the center. Yeah, to yeah. like I yeah. think that you that's why you can't even drill straight down. Like you have to have these drill the drop ships, like the drop ships, yeah. like the core. Like there's just. Some services you can't yeah. drill through. It's just only the dropships can do it. I think you can drill, but it's just slow. It's too slow to do it quick, you know, to, to win if you just drill. Like, you, it's it's still better to take a dropship because it's faster, mm-hmm. but the dropship won't take you all the way. Or maybe it won't take you directly in that direction. Mm. I like this game. That's so what can I play? It? I know. I, I'm loving all of these so far, <laughs> especially my ideas. <laughs> yeah. uh, you love the worst <laughs> ideas. It's, it's, a, Ooh, it's a gift. Yeah. so did you have a last one uh steve or uh i didn't have off the top of my head but or i didn't have one in mind but off the top of my head Mm. maybe something like uh like pokemon 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 you collect pokemon as you go you battle kids you take their money you leave them so can you get third party like you're having a bad pokemon battle (laughs) somebody's like yeah well it wouldn't be it wouldn't be turn-based necessarily so yeah someone could just show up that would be wild like if it was all about you being a trainer and so like you could have these like like so you're imagine if it was a team-based game so like you're rolling with misty and brock and everybody right and you run up on another crew and y'all are throwing out pokeballs and like all right, okay, they threw out a, you know, a Charizard. It's 3v1. We need a bas- bla- Blastoise. <laughs> oh, hey, guys, they, they're rushing me. Somebody, you know, like, it would be crazy. And then just. Yeah, like, if you can, so you can catch up to, up to, like, five or six Pokemon, like a full party. And they get stronger as you battle with them. Like, the whole party, your whole party gets stronger. We'll do experience share. Um, and if you're, in a, <clears throat> if you're in a team, maybe we have fewer, maybe I have up to four. And you can have a team of three or four people, and each person can have one Pokemon out at a time, and you can switch them out at will, mm-hmm. more or less. But like, what could be what could work is if you like, say you're tagging tag teaming somebody. It's just me against you two. If you both have fire Pokemon and I have a water Pokemon, I can switch to that and like hope to fend you off. 
So you're oh, saying another level of it. So you're yeah. saying that the looting aspect would be the capturing the wild Pokemon. Yeah, you're trying to capture Pokemon as you go. So you see them running around, and maybe it's just you throw a Pokeball and you get them, or whatever. Yeah, I don't so think you, know. you could do like the vanilla capture mechanic where sometimes mm-hmm. you miss. At least not for like maybe for like the gray Pokemon. So like the lower level ones, you automatically capture. But then if you see one that's a you know a blue Pokemon, more rare, maybe there's a chance you won't be able to catch it first try. Or it takes longer maybe. or something. Yeah, maybe. Um, and you can obviously use your Pokemon to catch other Pokemon. Um, or someone else could swoop in at the last second and steal a Pokemon you're trying to catch. Mm. I guess there would have to be some sort of cooldown. No, there can't. I don't know. Um, yeah, I think, dang, this was just off the dome. I really like this idea. That's a good idea. <laughs> He's patting himself but, on the back. I am patting myself on the back. I don't know what you would use as like a storm necessarily to draw people together. Um, I mean, maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't maybe know. maybe it was just about like capturing some legendary Pokemon or something. So like your goal is to be the person who captures like X amount of legendary Pokemon or something. So it's like more of like a race to like wherever they appear on the map and like fighting for these to get the legendary Pokemon. Or something. I don't know. Just some kind of. Yeah, I could see that working because, like, especially if you balance it to where your Pokemon get experience just from battling and not from winning, then if they faint, you know, maybe you don't lose, but you could go heal them or something. So, so like, the round maybe has a certain amount of time to where you can do the. Like, more about accomplishing objectives than, I guess, killing every everyone else. I think you would you would lose if all if your entire team faints, um, but you can switch out fainted Pokemon for new Pokemon. Like you can catch a new Pokemon to replace the one that fainted. <laughs> Just leave the fainted one there, or on the yeah, you leave it there. <laughs> yeah, you you leave it there on the ground, and either someone else like obviously there would also be a way to revive fainted Pokemon. So say I catch a Pokemon like a really high. I see a, I I have my party. I see a high level Pokemon in the bushes. I go catch it. I have to. I have to drop someone from my party. Then the guy I drop will be available for someone else to catch in the future. Mm. So, um, I don't know. I don't know. There's different ways to balance it, but like maybe all the Pokemon you catch are low level. They have different like potentials, and the only way to get them to that potential is to have them in your party and fight them. But if you catch somebody and you have to drop someone. Then someone else can come pick up a, a previously leveled up Pokemon. So you have to like, you know, weigh the pros and cons. Like, okay, I'll get this new one, but I'm giving somebody a strong Pokemon <laughs> potentially. But basically, what I'm hearing is that like, somebody needs to give us money, so we could do like, yeah. And give us that can we? The Pokemon one might actually work better as Digimon. Ooh. Digimon. Yeah, I, I could I could be convinced to do Digimon instead. <laughs> Digimon is before the right price. More complex. They, well, I'm just saying, like, if the mechanics work better, I feel like Pokemon works really well. Digimon, they have such complex evolution trees. Mm. The type matching up would be a very uh, interesting thing about the Pokemon one too. Yeah, type matching is cool. Digimon, there's only there's only, there's not usually that many types. Subject matter expert, but mm. um. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean I think that's that's super cool. So I guess we should wrap it up. We've definitely this has been a this has been a, a thick boy. This boy thick. It's been a, uh, a, f- a fruitful a fruitful conversation. Yeah. Um 
So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think Battle Royales are here to stay. I think there's... Man, away. I, I hope, I just hope that some developers get a little, just take some risks, do something new. Because, I mean, Fortnite exists because of a risk. Um, so I hope that somebody takes a risk and just moves the ball forward. You know, I don't want it to stop at Fortnite. You know, Fortnite's a great game, but it's not going to be a forever game. Fortnite 2, baby. Fortnite 2. Good luck with that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, just uh, as always, I want to thank you brothers for uh, the time that you've given us this day, this evening, this night um, in this universe. So first, I want to thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle, for your thoughts and ideas. Always a pleasure, sure. Yeah. And I, I got I to gotta make good on my... So I said the 0.25 of 2D Battle Royals you played. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost forgot. There was maybe like a month where we actually started to build a 2D Fortnite. Oh, yeah. I do remember. Many moons that. ago. Yeah. We didn't get super, super far, but we had we had some cool ideas. Yeah, I it was I, getting there. It was I, trash, but it, it was getting there. Yeah, we had a mechanic. I have to go see if I can find that. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to our game devs out there. We're hiring now. Shout out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we know we know a musician. Bros. We know a musician who's looking for work. Um so anywho, uh Mr. Steve, thank you for your time. Thank you as always. You're welcome. But if anyone's listening, I uh, I am asserting intellectual rights over my ideas. <laughs> so I don't want anyone to make these games and cut me out. All right. I want someone to profit. I want to be part of it. Yeah. Just tell them your address famous. so they know how to find you. Yeah. I should be more famous than I am. And so that's my goal. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> Nintendo's definitely known for bringing in outsiders and sharing their IP with people. So yeah. definitely you'll be on the Pokemon the Pokemon game Battle Royale. Just start making it. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. I'm sure they won't send Miyamoto with his... <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, you could probably get away with doing that without the Pokemon brand. Absolutely. <laughs> They're going to send... It's just easy. It's just an easy starting point. When, Mi- when Miyamoto shows up with his purple <laughs> revolver called the Waluigi, <laughs> just, just be ready. <laughs> wow! Um, but, uh, <laughs> thank, thank you. you, Brett. Uh, always. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of this uh, one of one of my favorite parts of the week so hey if you've listened this far that means you're a boss you're a g you're the best the of the baby. best you the brother you the sister you're at, you're at least a manager you're at least say. a manager at least shift manager shift manager um so just want to thank you for uh listening thank you for listening to that so that's a job bros we're just so thankful and uh if you don't know where to find us if you want to listen to us on another platform you know, we're, just Google us, Super Agile Bros. But if you don't know how to Google, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us on SoundCloud. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Google Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, and, of course, Spotify. I think I already said that. So, oh, YouTube. How did I not say YouTube? You can find us there, YouTube. too. Check out some of our... YouTube is our, Google. It's, it's, it's just, just more Google. Google. Video Google. <laughs> yeah, just find us there. You can check out some of our cool gameplay that we drop in there. Mix it up a little bit. But, um, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for being great fans. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for always giving us you know inspiration if you have ideas on podcast episodes you want us to you know do please feel free to reach out to us on the various platforms and please don't forget in the comments yeah in the comments and don't forget to rate us on the various platforms like apple Podcasts. we love that really appreciate it but we're just thankful so until next time y'all take it easy we will see you in these streets take it easy peace
it was a gumball.